Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we've got classic sitcoms for you as we look back at Full House and Home Improvement. That's right, men. Start grunting. Uh, uh, uh. And we take a special look back at The Wonder Years. Goodness me, what a show. And I'm even getting emotional just thinking about this show. We have a lot to say as well, or at least I have a lot to say. And of course, we talk about Kevin and Winnie, the greatest ever love story that never was. We might be stuck inside and self-isolating, but producer Paul and I will be here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever is uh, key worker, producer Paul. (laughs) Hey man, how's it going? Yay, I'm good, thanks. I got my pots and pans again on Thursday. Yeah, see, I was in, it was another week where I was like, everyone was like, did you clap? You, no, no, you, you, you had to have heard this one. This week was, it was a racket. I didn't, honestly, Absolute I didn't hear it. I, racket. Like my, I was on the phone to my brother at the time and he was like, he was, he said to his, um, his missus was like, he was like, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm just going outside to uh, clap for the key workers. <laughs> <laughs> no but this like the the other day it was it was a lot louder than before like it was it was crazy people honking their cars you had pots and pans clanking and banging and yeah it was uh it was it was quite the scene yeah i think i think the next time it should just be pots and pans and everyone just going ppe 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 yeah. and PAYE as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just uh, chanting things that nurses and doctors need that that they're not getting. So uh, yeah, we're going to try and do that. So we're going to start with Full House, and we're going back to September 1987, and some of the things happening in the world in a coup d'état. Burundi president Jean-Baptiste Bagaza is deposed by Major Pierre Boyoya. The world's first conference on artificial life is held at Los Alamos National Laboratory in the United States. Pope John Paul II arrives in Los Angeles for a two-day papal visit, his first one ever to the city where he makes an arrival day speech to local leaders of the US entertainment industry. Fatal Attraction was in the cinema and Pump Up the Volume by M-A-R-R-S was the number one in the charts. So now we're going on to Full House. So this was an American television sitcom created by Jeff Franklin and the show is all about widowed father Danny Tanner who enlists his brother-in-law Jesse and best friend Joey to help raise his three daughters after the death of his wife Pam. These three daughters being DJ, Stephanie and the youngest Michelle. And Jesse, he's a a rock musician and Joey is a stand-up comedian. And over the years, the three men as well as the children bond and become closer with each other. And Michelle, the baby, was actually played by twins, Ashley and Mary-Kate Olsen. So are you aware of these twins? 
I am aware of these twins. I think they did a show called something like The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, um, something I watched when I was a kid. And I have to say, I I did a double take when I saw um, their name on the credits. Yeah. I was like, really? It was, it was, it was them? I didn't yeah. notice. The thing is, I didn't notice until after... So, uh, sorry, like last, like later in the series. So it was like um, when she was a little girl that I noticed, yeah, rather yeah. than when she was a baby. And so I was surprised when you just said now about yeah, it was you know when she was a little baby as well. But yeah, to comply with child labor laws, they were cast to alternate the role of Michelle during tapings, and they were jointly credited as Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. So they didn't want audiences to think that the Michelle character was played by twins. So that's why they did that. And also it meant that they can do fantasy sequences together. So you know how like sometimes you get like a double of yourself. Yeah. It's like one of those mirror thingies. But this one, you could actually do it with two of them. So I'm sure you have people watching that thinking, oh my God, how are you doing that? That's crazy. A special effects team <laughs> were made redundant. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And the theme song of the show, Everywhere You Look, was performed by Jesse Frederick, who co-wrote the song with writing partner Bennett Salve and series creator Jeff Franklin. And the series was constantly in the Nielsen Top 30 and continues to gain even more popularity in syndicated reruns. Initially, critics' review for Full House were mostly negative in the show's early years, but it became more positive in later years. The first season holds an aggregate score of 31 out of 100, which generally means it's unfavorable. In Slate, Willa Paskin referred to the series as a hackneyed and saccharine family sitcom. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I don't think it sounds good. Isaac Feldberg opined that it was archetypally average, hiding behind a ubiquitous laugh track and obnoxiously on the nose life lessons. Ouch. I don't think it was that bad, but <laughs> damn. And uh, the aforementioned Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, they won the best young actor, actress under five years of age in the young artist award. So, cause they seemed pretty like the way they would talk, the way they would be like, ah, ah. and uh, like I said, some of the characters, you had John Stamos, who plays Jesse. Bob Saget was Danny Tanner. David Coulier was Joey Gladstone. Candice Cameron was DJ. Jodie Sweetin was Stephanie Tanner. And as we said, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And Rebecca Katsopoulos, who is the, as we find out in the later series, she marries Jesse and she becomes a co-anchor with Danny and what other characters are there? I think that's just about it. So do you want to talk about Full House? Yeah, the first thing I wrote when with the, um, this is a show I'd never seen before. Uh, the, f the first thing I wrote was, is this just Friends? Like the opening title sequence was very Friends-esque. Like, was you know, lo yeah, loads of people just kind of frolicking and, you know, like, and I was a bit like, this looks like you know, a kind of friends, not like obviously not exactly friends, but I'm just talking about like a definitely conceptually wise. Um, and then I'm sure, and I'm still sure now, even though I've watched a few episodes that um, Jesse is um, 
Joey's like kind of muse. Like the that's where Joey came from from Friends. Like he's very similar character. Is kind he? Of like, yeah. But like Joey, Joey was like the lovable idiot. Like Jesse wasn't. Yeah, but he was. But he. But he sort of was right because he was kind of this kind of greaser, like um, you know, like bit of a not. Not a complete moron, but like um, you know, was always kind of happy. Was always kind of like happy-go-lucky, um, you know, like a tiny bit irresponsible, um, yeah, favourable with the women kind of thing. And I felt like, obviously, not exactly, but I'm just saying that like, I'm sure they drew a lot of like kind of similarities with the characters. I would say more the one that's actually called Joey was like Joey. No, because he was Jesse. the one with the mullet, right, at the beginning. With the with the hair. Yeah. So with he had the like... Greek name. So that's the I would say I would say not him, I would say the other guy. The other guy that's that's in the, the, the three, because obviously he's like the the funny guy, the clown of the group. Yeah, but he's the thing always is, doing I didn't the, find him that the voices funny. and I, yeah, I, I found... didn't either. I, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was just like a little bit like irritated because he comes in. He's like he's a, kind of like a performer, right? Yeah. Um, it, like his and he's kind of like a bit too. Um, I, I don't know. There's a, like kind of a delivery that I don't like when it comes to characters, and it's kind of like a like delivery think... laugh, delivery laugh, delivery laugh. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of felt a bit like that. Um, and also, I thought, and even though I didn't like this character. I thought he looked a lot like Jeff Daniels. <laughs> and I even wrote a, a, at one point, is that Jeff Daniels? And I had to check the credits and check IMDb and stuff like that because I was like, I swear no. 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 Completely wasn't. But yeah. Um, but I was like, he's more like Joey, not Jesse. Yeah. No. Eh? Yeah. No, 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 I mean, like Joe, Joey in, in this full house looked like. He Jeff may Daniels. look like Jeff Daniels, but in terms of if you want to take a comparison with Joey from Friends, which I still think is completely random, then the the best that I'm going to give you is the guy called Joey and not not Jesse. Jesse is nothing like Joey, nothing yeah. at all like Joey. I thought he was because he, he was kind of the cool guy, right? The kind of cool guy. Like if you if you mix Joey and Jesse, that I'm would gonna be say Joey, Joey was cool though. But he Friends. was meant to. Yeah, but he sort of was, though, wasn't he? He was more was cool he? than Chandler. Yeah, because he's way more cool than Chandler and Ross. Ross is a paleontologist who always goes on about dinosaurs, which I love. I'm like massive fan of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, Chandler, who's like, a, he works in data, right? Like, they're yeah. kind of the boring guys. And he's the, the cool, kind of happy go lucky guy. You know, he's in a, he's in like a, for, at yeah. the beginning, he's certainly, he's in like a failing acting profession. Like, um, Hi, I'm Chandler. I'd like to make jokes when I'm awkward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so, um, anyway, wrong show. Wrong yeah. show. We need to stick to Full House and not Friends. Okay, let's bring it back around then. Um, but yeah, that's what I. So the, the notes I wrote initially were that I thought Jesse was kind of like Joey, and and the theme tune and the title sequence reminded me of Friends. Certainly at the beginning. I mean, this I'm talking. I'm not talking about as it goes along and you kind of learn about it. I'm just talking yeah. first impression. Yeah. What I loved about the show was that the cast, especially the kids, literally grew up in front of yeah, our Yeah, yeah. So they started when they were babies. And as we'll talk about later with Fuller House, they are now all grown up. 
See, and I think that th- was the case with all three shows today, actually. One thing I noticed, and it kind of like it, it, it kind of like uh, like made me a little bit emotional when I like because I, I, you know, I watched the first couple and then I moved on to like season four and then again to like yeah. season eight, and and I was like, oh my god, she grew up. I was yeah. like, and, and everyone's kind of big, and it's like, wow, and they're like, talking and everything, and it's, yeah, exactly. It is- and, you go from like you you seeing like you know even the little girls like as in the ch- the children rather than the babies are like yeah. talking about like kids stuff to fighting over space in their room and all of a sudden they're talking about boys and then this and then the other I was like oh my god they're all grown up I know the, in front <laughs> of our very eyes or in our exactly. case like in minutes because obviously we're skipping from one to no exactly and the thing is obviously we're 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 kind of like viewing this like the modern day generation like we're, we're yeah. just kind of like skipping straight through but like if you imagine when this was out people would have had no choice but to grow up with these people the whole way through their lives you know that's yeah what, it's got to be what 10 15 years of episodes right they had a long run so from 87 till about 95 so that's almost 10 years exactly i mean that's that's like that's incredible like um imagine imagine not being able to skip forward like we have <laughs> like the the best you would have had is a VHS tape that you'd have taped yourself probably. Yeah, right? yeah. So like you're literally growing up with these with these kids, but now we can skip forward. But I think it's just incredible. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, shall we shall we get into episodes? Yeah, straight. In. I mean, I might as well go first because no doubt you've got a, a long list. Um, um, I watched one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I watch six episodes. Okay, I, think, so I think six is always my lot, really. Yeah, so I always watch kind of like three, but I felt like this kind of wasn't enough this time. Um, because I mean, if was... I like it, I'm going to watch more. Yeah, so... That's another thing. I I felt, obviously, we both watched the pilot, I'm guessing. So yeah. Our very first you, show. This is where you kind of get like an overview of like what's actually going on and this is always yeah. an episode for me to get to grips with the characters which doesn't always work as we heard about last week but um so like grandma so, so basically grandma's staying at home looking after the dad because he's lost his wife right that's yeah. the kind of start his wife pamela i think her name is yeah um and and dylan's dylan's dad i, don't, I didn't actually get the grandma's name but um basically what it is is he's lost his wife the grandma's been staying to look after them but she's got to go now and he brings in the kind of brings in the cavalry to help him out. So he brings in his his brother and his brother-in-law, I think. His friend and brother-in-law. His friend and so he was like his childhood friend, and Jesse is his brother-in-law. Uh, yeah. So they come in. That to was stay. Jesse's sister that that died yeah. in the car. Oh yeah, I, I wrote brother-in-law and comic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, Joe's kind of the silly guy. Kind of makes noises, like trying to entertain the kids and stuff like that. You know, in kind of that way. Um, so basically, dad's got to go back to work now. He's got to kind of like provide for his family and stuff like that. So he goes off to work. And the first thing you get is Joey and Jesse. They're in charge. They've never been in charge of kids before. And they've got to change the nappy of um, baby Michelle. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a, like a, they don't know what to do. They take her into the kitchen and they're squirting with the hose thing you get from the washing dishes. Um, and then you know, they wrap her up in kitchen roll. And then um, I think it's Stephanie says like, do you not want these or something? Holds up like nappies. Yeah. Uh, and it, and he's like, what do you say that? She's like, oh, no one asked me. And she's like, kind of got this thing the whole episode. Like, oh, no one asked me. So um, people can't be that stupid though. No, they're definitely not. I mean, but you know what? Like, I do think that they were trying to like over-exaggerate it. 
in terms yeah. of like making it really funny. Like, oh, look at these two men. They've never yeah. changed an appy in their lives. So we're going to make it extra stupid. Yeah, I think that's kind of what like turned me and off to that... this particular bit. Like, Yeah, me too. Especially to the character, character Joey. Because it, it was a bit of a try hard kind of thing. And that... they were trying too hard for me. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of like a bit of a turn off, like to that particular like element of the show. Because you yeah. can't kind of take it seriously. Because, yeah. Well, not take it seriously, but you can't take the laugh seriously if that's kind of like an oxymoron. But, but... it's just a laugh track, isn't it? They'll just add yeah. a laugh track so people will think it's funny. And it's, I'm watching it. And it's like, you don't have to do this. Just let, let the show breathe. Just. Do yeah. it naturally. It's a pilot. Just introduce it. Just and I think that the show did into grow it. into that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They it, did. They did. Once they um, stopped with this foolishness and all of that, then we could see what the show is 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 all about. But I just remember, yeah, the, the pilot and just watching them struggling that badly with a nappy, and it's like it's not even realistic because like nobody would seriously do that with a baby. No, exactly. Yeah. Um. I mean, I hope not. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, even I didn't do that. So, um, fellas, fellas, y'all better I'm, not be doing that with your babies. Just wrapping you up the kitchen only. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that? and ho- and and hosing them with like the the thing we don't have that in England, do we? Um, with our, we just got taps, haven't we? We've basically and got taps and a sponge. Like, yeah, and a sink. Yeah, in America, they've got like this whole thing where it's like it just sucks everything up. I mean, if you're lucky in the UK, so. you've got like a middle sink that no one knows what it's for. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that's for. <laughs> um, yeah, so they kind of do that whole bit about the nappy change. And then DJ runs away because she gets a little bit like her life gets turned upside down. So first of all, like she loses her mom and everything. And then she has to like, she loses her room and she has to share with her little sister. And obviously like sharing a room as a sibling I did until I was like what 17 18 i think i shared a room and and it's not easy to share a room with a sibling so yeah so it's like um you can under i kind of understood how she was feeling about that but she runs away and she lives in i mean this is like a first world problem where like you know i mean she runs away to the garage which is like (laughs) enormous um yeah uh and anyway so basically uh jesse goes down to talk to her and he's kind of like come on you gotta go you gotta come back and it's and he ends up just paying her to move in which i think is a great way to incentivize kids I guess, I mean, it's, yeah it's, it must like you know nurture the entrepreneurial um yeah. side of a child um one thing i did like was when uh dj was like to stephanie oh i've, I've drawn the lines in the room you can't oh, yeah. go anywhere <laughs> and then stephanie's like jumping on the uh the curtains and she's like trying to like do like this whole climbing like monkey bars or whatever and then dj just she just draws the like curtain back. Yeah. yeah, she goes back to like square one, and then she's like to her dad, "Oh, hey, dad, could you pick me up?" And he picks her up. She goes, "Oh, see, I told, I told you, you I'd get out." Way. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did like that. I, I like that too. Um, uh, but yeah, and so then it ends with all of them singing the Flintstones theme song oh, to help. Yeah. I like that. To be fair, I mean, and I'll tell a... you why later. Why I like that. The thing is, I I kind of liked it as it was going but the thing that annoyed me about it was like was i think jesse says come on guys let's all together sing and i was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like just do it man like do it or don't do it just please. yeah but um, no like all all of them like going around in a circle singing the flintstones theme song to help the baby go back to sleep but um no i i, I really like that and like i said i'll tell you 
late why I liked it later. Because it will it'll be very relevant later when we talk yeah. about Fuller House. Okay, cool. Um so you right, want to carry so on with episodes? Yeah, I'm going to skip forward now, like uh, four seasons to season four. Okay. Episode six. So I kind of went like midway through to mid-season. And the first thing I wrote was Michelle, baby Michelle is so big. Like, she's a <laughs> and she's and, talking and... Yeah, and I was like, wow, like this is incredible to see the kids and everyone else is so grown up. Like, like I, I kind of like didn't expect to find... I don't know what I expected to see, but I didn't expect to yeah. see that. And I, and I was really pleased to see that all the characters are the same. Like yep. everyone's kind of grown up with the show and I was really like happy to see the children like to have grown up with it. So, yeah. And then I wrote, is that Jeff Daniels? And I researched and it was not Jeff Daniels. So a huge fan of Jeff Daniels. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so I wrote, everyone is growing up. So basically, um, I'm jumping into now. So, so like uh, Michelle's at preschool, the kids are kind of in like, high school not high school what would it, would it be like junior high and high school or it might it be is. junior high yeah junior high or or um, even like still primary school or whatever that is yeah um middle school I mean, high junior high no, whatever like america don't call it because like remember remember middle school is like for america middle school slash junior high is year seven but i don't know what uh, it is before that elementary they school prim- they don't have yeah elementary school that was what it would be yeah yeah um so yeah so they're kind of doing their thing and um so basically, Jesse has to go to. Um, I don't know what episode this is called. This is just episode six. So um, Jesse goes to preschool with Michelle, and yeah. he's not happy about it. He basically, uh, but I think um, Joey basically kind of like gets Michelle to emotionally blackmail him to uh, to to go, and he's kind of he's kind of oh, what would, do you do? You, what how would you feel if um, Jesse took you to preschool? And she's kind of oh, it made me really really happy, and then it's like okay. And he's like, I'm not going. I'm immune to this. And he's like, What happens if he doesn't take you? And she goes, I'll be really, really sad. Um, so Aww. he ends up. So he ends up going, and he ends up like playing a guitar and singing to the kids. Um, and then the teacher says, Oh, you have to give out the cookies now. And the kids basically jump on him, mob him for these cookies. And this little boy eats Michelle's cookie, and then kind of like was a bit gloaty about it. And then Jesse says to him. And you can kind of see where this is going as soon as this happens. But Jesse says to him, if someone does something to you, just do it right back. Um, <laughs> so, like, the she goes up and swipes his cookie and then he pinches her and then he she pinches him back. And the teacher tells off, comes in and kind of stops it all and, says, and tells off Jesse and then sends uh, Michelle to the corner. Like, you know, you've got to punish this behavior. So, and then Jesse was like, no, look, you ain't sending her to the corner. She's only defending herself. and um uh jesse takes her out of school like without his uh, dad's permission just takes her out like straight up um and then meanwhile joe's gone to the dentist and dylan comes back and he's like furious with jesse for like you know doing something without his permission and stephanie takes michelle's oh meanwhile the girls um uh stephanie and dj uh so basically dj's got this horoscope thing going on and she's read a horoscope to stephanie but she's also kind of fixed it so she she, her and her mate have got i can't remember what her mate's called but she's given her put a dollar in her Um, pocket kimmy yeah so she's put a dollar in her pocket and then she's also written in the horoscope herself like you're gonna find some money or whatever so stephanie puts rounds in her pocket and she finds a dollar um and then 
everything in her obviously it's kind of a fix but everything in a horoscope keeps coming true and in the horoscope it says be careful at night time or something like that so stephanie takes michelle's nightlight and she puts it in plugs it in in uh by, beside her bed and um stephanie so, so michelle obviously her, has been taught if someone does something to you take do it back or you know kind of get your own back so she comes in and just pinches Ste- um pinches stephanie and then J- jesse goes look you can't do that because that's not a nice thing to do he goes yeah but you said i can do whatever someone does to me and he goes yeah but you've done something that someone did to you and then you've done it back and he kind of realizes that what he's taught her is not the correct way to behave so um he kind of talks to her and says like you can't do that you've got to do the thing and then and then he kind of tells his dad like he tells dylan sorry i shouldn't have done that i'll thing and then so basically as a get your own back kind of thing dylan puts him back in preschool as a special helper guy all week and he's like oh for god's sake um that's kind dylan of or danny sorry dylan tells dylan's a dad right danny oh i've literally read dylan in all my notes that's all right uh, so danny sorry danny the dad told jesse off um and uh, as a punishment gives him preschool no sorry yeah preschool duty all week um right so then i went on to the finale season eight, oh yeah Should 24 we the finale then because i've got that as well i watched that did you watch it's the one before barter. that yeah, yeah I, I, watch I, watch, the... I watched both yeah so we can do okay that yeah. Later, okay cool so... yeah so is it me yep you you all right cool yeah i'll do it and then we'll get to the finale so uh, i watched the final episode of season one which was dj tanner's day off so um so DJ hears that her favorite singer, Stacey Q, will be at the local mall to give out autographs. And she wants to meet her in person and she's willing to do anything. But the problem is that the signing is taking place during school hours. And so she's trying to see if she can like wriggle her way out. Her, her dad's going out of town because he's got to do like a, a news report or something. And so he's like to her, you can't get the autograph if it's in school time. Like you just cannot like don't even think about it. But she's like, Oh, but Kimmy's allowed. And he's like, well, Kimmy is Kimmy. And he's just like, look, you can't have this autograph and that's final. And he's like, I'm going to go and I'll see you back here tomorrow, whatever. And so she goes to Jesse and shows she was asking Jesse, Oh, have you ever skipped school before? And so Jesse was like, yeah, I think I wanted to go and see the Rolling Stones farewell concert or something. And so he said that he made up some excuse about not feeling very well. And then by the time the parents tell the the teachers that the kid's not feeling well, they'll just wake up and think, oh, all of a sudden I'm fine and dandy. And then the school are not going to be expecting you, but you could just still go and pretend to your parents that you're at school and so she does the exact same thing she's pretending to be sick and they're all thinking oh she's sick she's sick and stephanie she believes it and so she's like oh i'm really sorry that you're sick i'm gonna get you something from school and 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 what have you and so she wakes up and she's like oh look at me i feel better all of a sudden and she heads off to the mall 
she goes and gets Stacy Q's autograph, and then she sees Joey with Michelle, and Joey's like queuing up to get the autograph for for DJ because he's thinking, oh, I feel really bad for 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 DJ, and then like DJ and Kimmy are, are hiding, and Michelle, the baby, clocks them, and so she's going towards them, and they're like going, Michelle. Go away, go away. And she just baby going (laughs) walking up towards them. And so Joey's got like Michelle on this leash thing. And so he's like, Michelle, come back here, come back here. But she just keeps going towards them. And he's like, Oh snap, what are you doing here? And so he basically puts DJ on the leash thing and he's like, Right, we're all going home. Because I came here for you to get an autograph because I know that you couldn't, or at least I thought you couldn't. And so they're going home and Joey and Jesse are trying to figure out what they should do. And if they should tell their dad, because they're like, I don't want Danny to think that we can't look after the kids and we're not responsible. So they're like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're going to keep stum about it. And we're going to, we're going to forget about it. All right. And then by the time they come in, and Stephanie, the little girl, was like coming back from school, going, "Oh, are you not sick anymore? Are you feeling better?" And then obviously Danny comes back and he's like, "What's she talking about?" And they're like, "I don't know. What was she talking about?" <laughs> and then and then Stephanie's like, "I thought you were sick. I got your homework from school." And they're like, <laughs> "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Did you did you just skip school?" And that was when they just told everything and Danny was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And they were like, look, we didn't want to think you can't handle it. And Danny was like, look, I'm so grateful for you guys. Without you guys, I wouldn't even be able to like go on because you guys obviously being difficult, being like a single parent and what have you. And yeah, and so in the end, they were like, look, we're still going to ground you because you did wrong and whatever. And they're like, look, obviously, please, please don't do that again. And then the next episode I watched was season two, episode one, cutting it close. And Stephanie is playing hairdresser with Jesse. And she unintentionally cuts a a big chunk of Jesse's hair. And so Jesse has to go to his actual hairdresser, Alejandro, to repair the damage. But, on the way back home, Jesse fails to see a road sign that says severe tire damage. And so he has a big accident with his uh, motorcycle and he's got two broken arms. And Stephanie's feeling really bad about this because she's like, this is all my fault. And Jesse isn't really doing anything to like help her. And Jesse's not really saying anything that could be of comfort. It's almost like, yeah, it is your fault almost kind of thing and then yeah so danny's like to jesse look she's just a kid she feels really bad about what happened you can't necessarily be mad at her forever and hold a grudge and whatnot and so jesse in the end he's like stephanie look it's not your fault it was my fault that i crashed the bike that's got nothing to do with you and he's like obviously don't worry about my hair i'm sure it will grow back And uh, what else did I watch? I watched episode twenty-two of season three. I didn't write the the name down. I think he, I think I didn't write the name of the episode down, but I'm pretty sure it's three men and another baby. 
just like the film Three Men and a Baby. And so Danny agrees to do like babysitting for the neighbor's son, Tony. And obviously Danny is too busy to take care of, of the child. So he's like getting Jesse to step in and help. And Jesse warms up to Tony and Tony's the name of the baby and they start bonding. But then Michelle gets jealous because obviously she's not the baby anymore and she has a special relationship with with her uncle Jesse. And so all of a sudden she's doing, you know, the old classic, I'm a baby, I'm a baby. And she's sleeping in the pram. And he's like, you shouldn't be sleeping in the pram. You're a big girl now. She's like, no, I'm a baby. I'm a baby. And meanwhile, DJ is trying to get Joey to help with her maths homework. But he has no idea how to figure it out. So he's basically calling the the peanut the peanut store. And he's basically trying to ask them, look, I'm trying to have a party. And uh, my budget is uh, 300 nuts. And if you divide that, by uh, seven or something. How much will that cost? And so you can hear something on the other line. And I'm sure they're going, oh, if you don't do it yourself, you'll never learn. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I won't learn. But can you tell me the answer on how much it will cost? And, and all that stuff. And then, yeah. So Michelle kind of agrees that Tony is the baby. And Jesse reassures her that no matter what, you will always be my little munchkin. And you have nothing to worry about. And then I went all the way to season six, episode one. And yeah, this is when I had the whole, oh my God, they've all grown up (laughs) and they can all talk. (laughs) And they've all like, shut up as well. And so DJ is returning from her trip to Spain and they're all at the airport. And DJ is like, look, everyone come to the airport. I've got a big surprise. And only to find out that she has a steady boyfriend, Steve. And everyone is all, like, concerned because they're like, you're coming back with a boyfriend? Like, what's, 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 what's all this all about? And Stephanie and Michelle are, like, wandering around the airport and they're thinking, oh, my God, we should try and do something because this has been a really boring summer. So they end up getting caught up with a bunch of kids traveling. and. They're thinking that they're going to Oakland, which is apparently just down the road from where they live in California. But instead, they're going to Auckland, New Zealand. So they're they're both stuck on this plane and going all the way to Auckland. They're like, get us off this plane, get us off this plane. And then everyone back at the airport is like, oh, where where are Stephanie and, and Michelle? And they managed to make sure that once they land in Auckland, they'll just be put on a on another on a flight, straight back on a plane. And so that was that episode. And yes, the finale. So you said you didn't watch part one. No, but I got obviously got the gist of what was going on. Uh, yep. But do you want to do the first part? I'll do the second part. Yep. So Michelle is really into horse riding and she enters a competition with another contestant, Elizabeth. And Danny and Elizabeth are like going head to head, going, oh, my child's going to win. My child's going to win. So they end up going off riding on their own instead of going with the competition. And yeah, so Michelle's trying to 
get her horse, her horse to jump over a log. The horse panics, and Michelle is thrown off, and she takes a pretty nasty bump, hitting her head and knocked unconscious. And also, the other story is that Kimi is trying to find DJ a date for the senior prom, and Stephanie is rehearsing for a play, and yeah, so uh, she's thinking, oh my god, I've got chapped lips or I've got dry lips. That's what Michelle kept saying, because the boy wouldn't kiss her because he didn't do Romeo and Juliet. And she's thinking, oh, why won't he kiss me? And Michelle's like, it's because you got dry lips. <laughs> she's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. And she has a look, and, and then I think Rebecca's having a look. She's like, yeah, I think you got dry lips, mate. And yeah, so Kimmy's <laughs> trying to find DJ a date. They're all pretty useless nerds. She's like asking them all these questions going, oh, Okay, how many of you have been with a girl before? And they all have their hands up. And then she's like, how many of you have been on a date with a girl? One of them puts their hand down. How many of them was not your sister? And then the last one puts their hand down. She's like, right, (laughs) everyone out. None of y'all are worth it. And then obviously it ends with Michelle taking the bump. And yeah, that's how it ends. And then part two. Right, so... Um, obviously, I kind of they kind of do a recap, so I kind of knew that she'd fallen off a horse and she was in hospital. Yeah. Uh, this is when the revelation came to me that Mary Kate and Ashley play Michelle, and I kind of went back and looked at her face and was like, <laughs> you know, because obviously I know the faces quite well, and but it was, was on like, the credits even from the beginning. No, but the thing is, I don't, I didn't notice, I didn't look at it, but this this particular episode, I just kind of happened to notice the credits. Um, yeah. yeah, so it starts. She's she's in hospital she has amnesia so she comes around but she's got memory loss she doesn't she's kind of talking to her dad and she's like who are you and like <laughs> that probably would be one of the most heartbreaking thing and to be honest it's a very emotional episode so yeah. many times when you've been like oh god <laughs> you know i was gonna go bleed the brakes or something like that you know because it's really emotional yeah. um so i think yeah a really heartbreaking moment where if your daughter didn't recognize you um and the one thing I noticed is that this was definitely in the nineties because of the old uh, curtains, like you know the the hairstyle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so like kind of nineties. So I kind of felt that kind of parent thing where the kids are kind of growing up too quickly. Um, yeah. So uh, I felt that too, even though I'm not a parent. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually one of the things that's so good. Like so the way the way it's been done, you know, like mm. how everyone's grown up and you're so invested in the character. I watched three episodes. And I felt like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, imagine if yeah, I'd have been the whole yeah. thing. So Michelle comes home. She gets the all clear to come home. The doctor says, like, you know, these things take time. There's no, there's no no overhead injury. How long it's going to take? Um, just act normal with her. You know, kind yeah. of do your thing. So uh, Michelle comes home. Everyone's, um, you know, kind of acting as normal as they can, but she can't remember anyone. And so everyone's trying to say, "Oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? We used to do this. We used to do that." Kind of jogging their memory. And one of the things, and this is one of the most super emotional parts of this show, was where she goes, where's my mum? I was like, oh, oh my God. That like, got me as well. <laughs> I was like, so if you're my daddy, where's, where's my, my mom? mommy? I was like, oh. <laughs> and obviously she's a baby when, she, when her mum's dead. Yeah. So, so she doesn't have to deal with the grief. But now she has, she's basically lost her mum. again, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, so she's dealing with the grief of losing, losing her mum now. And I was like, that's so brutal. Um, there's a kind of really, really powerful moment in the episode. Um, yeah. And really 
well executed. Like I have like nothing. Like that's amazing. Um, a bit a bit of TV there. Um, and so everyone's kind of like sad that Michelle can't remember them, right? So she, like everyone's kind of having their like loss of the connection between between Michelle and everyone's feeling it in their own different way. Um, and it's kind of even like um, even Stephanie who's kind of like Michelle's given us some stick about, you know, uh, not being able to kiss a boy. And even she's feeling like, where's my little sister? I, I really miss her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one thing I did find is when Michelle had amnesia, she had a bit of an attitude on her. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, right. And then obviously they do the dream sequence with both of them. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. that is when they realize viewers oh snap it's two people it's mary kate and ashley yeah and so i think the michelle that was before the amnesia is talking to this new michelle yes exactly yeah so her memory is speaking to her her, consciousness like and they become one again and then she remembers everything and they're all asking these questions and i think i like joe's question oh what's the capital of nevada (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like See, I she don't never know. knew that. She never knew that. She's got a memory bank. Yeah, I thought that was, that was brilliant. Um, and then DJ ends up going. So basically, just before she goes to sleep and finds herself, um, Michelle talks to DJ and says, "Listen, like, if you go to prom, if you don't go to prom, because DJ said like, I'm not going to prom because my sister's like yeah, in sort of thing." And then um, uh, Michelle says to her, "Like, if you don't go." I'm not going to be happy. If you don't go, you're not going to be happy. Like no one's winning here. So you might as well just go to the prom. Um, then obviously she has a kind of epiphany. And um, so she, uh, DJ's going to go to the prom and I don't know what was going on with her date. I think this is where I kind of missed something as like a, like a dip. I think viewer. Steve comes in. Yeah. So Steve, and I said, I said to so Steve takes her and it was kind of all the, you know, as with like these kind of laugh track audience based shows. Woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, do you know when you kind of miss something yeah. you're like uh guys what's going on i think i wrote i missed something there so um i missed out on that little bit um and then that's kind of like the build up to the end of the show and it was kind of a really nice mix of like really heavy stuff and really fun stuff and it was all kind yeah. of a really nice ending and w- one of the things that i noticed that it was like an uncommon theme in the shows we've been watching. I said that it looks like a show that wasn't cancelled midway through. No. <laughs> because it actually had an ending episode. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was quite um quite funny. Yeah. Quite quite a funny. It was funny it was way. allowed to run its course. Yeah, exactly. And what I what I did like as well was Jesse was basically telling Michelle, like, look, when you were that you had your memory last it felt like something was missing for you. And he was like, it was like that for everybody. We felt like all of us had something missing. Yeah. And yeah. And they're like, but you know what? We got through it. And then I think one of the last lines was Danny picking up Michelle going just like we always will. And that's how it ends. Until Fuller House came back in 20. 17. So this is on Netflix apparently. So this was a Netflix original series and this time it centers around DJ who is a widowed mother of three sons and a veterinarian 
And so, yeah, basically, most of the original cast reprised their roles on Fuller House, either as regular cast members or guest appearances, with the exception of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, which is such a shame. I mean, when I was watching Full House, like, I was just thinking, like, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, I just kept thinking, these, these two girls are stars. I would watch it and think, she's a star, an absolute star. Like, she's witty, got charisma, personality, character, acts really, really well in all of the scenes. And who knows what happened in their lives between 1995 to this very day and whether or not the fame and everything got to them just like it has with lots of child actors. But um, I just couldn't help watch, help think, watching that thinking, these two girls are superstars. Like they should be big, big time Hollywood movie stars. They really, really should be. And whoop, we may very well talk about their shows that they've done on their own at some point. Because I know, yeah, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen did a ton of TV and movies, and we'll probably get around to doing that. But, um, yeah, so basically it, it starts with all of them in the house and Danny looks like he's about to sell the house because uh, he's going to L.A. to host a show with Rebecca and they're all moving to L.A. and DJ was coming to stay and they were basically having like a, a reunion. So they were all catching up to having like a, a, a family dinner. And I love how everybody all comes together. Everyone's all having a hug. You can hear like the, the, the studio audience going, Woo! So everybody's sort of walking in. And they all look at the hard camera when they're like, Michelle is busy in New York working on her fashion career. So they all have one hard glare at the hard camera. And I just, I thought that was so well done. Like literally for like a good five, ten seconds, just just glaring at the camera I just thought <laughs> that was absolute genius and yeah so they're all in the house DJ's got three boys and they all realize that oh she's struggling because I think her <laughs> husband was a firefighter and he got killed in in service of of doing that no no if it's 9-11 or not but this is set in like 2017 so oh, this was like a not, recent then recent kind of thing so yeah he was like a firefighter and whatnot and he uh he sadly sadly died and so she's struggling to be a single mom with three kids she's trying to put george her youngest to sleep and they can hear over the baby monitor how she's struggling she's like george give me a break this is really tough on me and so they all make a decision so danny's like you know what i'm not going to sell the house you can have it. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to stay here. I'm going to help you with the baby. And Rebecca and Jesse were like the same, you know, we're going to stay. And Joey's living in the, the basement. And he's like, I'm going to stay in the basement. I think he got married as well. And he's got kids. And they're like, you know, what? we're going to, we're all going to stay here. And then Stephanie said, you know what? You guys have done so much for us in our lives. And it's going to be, she's like, you know what? It's time for us to step up. So she goes, Stephanie, Stephanie goes to DJ. Look, I'm going to live with you. And Kimmy, her best friend, was like, I'm going to leave with you as well. It's going to be the three of us, and we're going to look after these babies. 
and Kimi's got a daughter, Ramona. So they're like, you know what? We're all gonna we're all gonna live together, and yeah, it's just gonna be full house, but full of house. And you remember how I said that they're all singing the Flintstones around the the crib, or yeah, around the little baby um, cot thingy. So they do that again with all of the original characters, <laughs> really, and with George in the the thing, and they're going Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and they have like a two way screen. So they're showing the old version and the new version of them singing the Flintstones song. And I thought, oh my god, that was such a a nice touch. I really, really like that. And I thought I that was. To, I might have to check out the Fuller House thing because I didn't even know it was a. Yeah, they, they did a reboot. I didn't either. Yeah, but they 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 did a reboot and it was on Netflix. I think they're still doing it now. So, yeah, man, like this was. It ended up being a really good show a show that i genuinely really liked watching it ended really well and the first episode of fuller house i was watching that thinking i'm i'm invested actually i might actually go on netflix and 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 watch this because i thought this was really cute really nice i enjoyed it and yeah it, it is basically all the kids and they're like you know grown fully grown adults and now we're watching the little kids now growing up and them doing their thing obviously george i mean not george but um jesse and rebecca they had twins and obviously those two twins have grown up they're like you know big big guys and they're all going to college and no that yeah that was really good just seeing all of that and uh yeah that was uh full house and fuller house so that was uh, really, really good and nice and hearty. So naturally, we have to bring the mood down a little bit for this next one, Home Improvement. So we're going to our favorite month and year, September 1991. I think every man and his dog had a show out in September 1991. Some of the other things happening in the world, but... As I keep saying, we're getting new listeners all the time, so <laughs> they don't know what happened in September 1991. So uh, I'm not mad anymore uh, at September. I've 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 come to peace with it. I'm I'm at peace with September. <laughs> all right. The Huntington Library makes the Dead Sea Scrolls available for the public for the very first time. Oatsy the Iceman is found in the Alps. The Republic of Macedonia becomes independent. Necessary Roughness, which is not the Fisher King, was in the cinemas. And Insanity by Oceanic was in the charts. So now we're going on to Home Improvement, which was an American TV sitcom starring Tim Allen and was created by Matt Williams, Carmen Finestra and David McFadzian and this was actually the most watched sitcom in the United States in the 1990s. I'm not Did surprised. you believe that if I told you? Really? You're not surprised? Yeah. Sounds, to me, like you, sounds to me like you really liked it so we'll, uh, we'll get onto that in a little bit and obviously yeah it launched Tim Allen's acting career and it also launched the career of Pamela Anderson who was the, uh, the tool girl assistant on the show and so, yeah, the show is basically about a stereotypical American male who loves power tools and cars and sports. 
and he's an avid fan of all of the Detroit professional sports teams. And he was a former salesman for the fictional Binford Tool Company and is very much a cocky, over-ambitious, accident-prone know-it-all. Each episode includes Tim's own Binford-sponsored home improvement show called Two Time, Two Time, Tool Time, which is a show within a show. And in the show, he's joined by his friend and mild-mannered co-host Al Borland and Tool Time girl Lisa, who play, who like I said, played Pamela Anderson, and later Heidi. And basically, their main duty is to introduce the pair at the beginning of the show. With the line, does everybody know what time it is? It's tool time. Oh my god, you actually did it this time. Normally when I do that <laughs> kind of thing, you're like sitting there in silence. But you did it. It's tool time. And yeah, so everybody, you know, he is actually a, a, a really good TV personality, an excellent salesman. But he is accident prone as a handyman. And he all always causes massive disasters on and off the set, <laughs> much to the consternation of his co-workers and family. And many Tool Time viewers assume that the accidents on the show are done on purpose to demonstrate the consequences of using the tools improperly. And many of Tim's accidents are caused by his devices being used in an unorthodox or overpowered manner designed to illustrate his mantra of more power. And yeah, like I said, it received numerous awards and nominations in its eight season run. And notable awards and nominations include Golden Globe Awards, Primetime Emmy Awards, Kids' Choice Awards, Young Artist Awards, Young Star Awards, ASCAP Awards, and many others. And WatchMojo.com ranked Home Improvement as the ninth TV sitcom of the 1990s. The character with the most honours was Wilson, who was probably my favourite character, who was ranked as the sixth unseen TV character and as the third TV neighbour. Binford made it into the top ten of fictional brands. The video game Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit was ranked as the fifth worst game based on a TV series. <laughs> on Metacritic, the first season holds a score of 64 out of 100 based on 18 critics, and the second season holds a score of 75 out of 100 based on five critics, both indicating generally favourable reviews. Go through some of the characters. you got Tim Taylor, who is played by Tim Allen, Jill Taylor, his wife, He's got three kids who are Brad, Randy, and Mark. Wilson is the neighbor and confidant. Al Borland is the master plumber and licensed contractor. I love the banter between Al and Tim. And then obviously, like I said, the tool girl is Heidi. So home improvement. I can see you beaming across. Tell me why you're beaming and you like the show so much. Um, so a couple of things really. So first of all, like this, how everything goes wrong, like was just cracked me up every time. Like I laughed out loud at this show, which is like I did a couple of times as well. Um, and it's just things like I, I feel like it was a bit ahead of its time as well because I feel like you know in the last five years maybe right, toxic masculinity in five ten years, toxic masculinity has been a thing, right? Yeah, uh, and and this is 
in what you said 91 yeah. is 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 highlighting and ridiculing toxic masculinity right yeah it's, big it's time. The, the idea of bigger is better and you know power tools and this and that yeah men and the are, grunting men are building exactly and i and love this... how they're like the grunting and he's like uh, 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 more power uh, uh. so I, I really like the fact that you know this was kind of like there on that uh, this yeah. time and, and obviously like what i love is that he he knows his stuff about building but it always goes wrong which is like basically how i build stuff um but he's always wanting to add more power yeah i mean so the first example was with like the um dishwasher he just puts a massive yeah. thing in it but and, <laughs> and everything goes wrong and i love that and i just think it's like such i'm a... glad you said that the 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 main kind of theme or premise of the show is to make fun of Tusk toxic masculinity because i was watching that and i'm thinking men can't really be like this and i'm thinking in my head yes they are yeah i can yeah. i can believe a man at home with the power tools going yeah i don't want to deal with this girly washing machine so i'm gonna put a a jet engine into the <laughs> propeller or something and i'm gonna make it go faster and uh, uh, just the <laughs> grunting. I love how in the theme song they added that in. Yeah, I didn't know the, that. Uh, the, yeah, they they added the, the the noise of the grunting and the sort of the tool sounds. That just pretty much made up the the theme song. So um, I I actually got clickbaited into uh, an episode which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> and and but I did some research on it. So basically, there was a thumbnail of mrs doubtfire and i was like please tell me they did a crossover like and i, I doubt got, it and i got clickbaited and it was wrong but then i did some research so tim allen was actually the original um uh choice for mrs doubtfire but he what? didn't so he didn't want to do it he he turned it down he said i don't want to be dressing up as some british nanny i'm not doing it uh and Get then the heck out of here yeah, so then the part was written for robbie williams uh, robin williams after that um wow. so although although i got clickbaited and hope that it was a crossover because i'm a big fan of his doubt fighting it's hilarious but it's cracking film but yeah so i got clickbaited but then ended up finding some cool trivia so i was quite happy about that well there you go <laughs> damn it's normally me that comes up with the trivia but i think yeah you just like pulled out the trump card right there <laughs> boom um yeah, i don't know what else to say about it really apart from the fact that it was like a really you know a really good show but like though. i said that there was there would there would be some scenes and moments where i'm watching that and i'm a little bit uncomfortable I mean, and, it, and, it, and it almost made me think about tv shows back then and how yeah certain types of humor and, and jokes were humor, yeah were, were so acceptable and it was like you ain't really gonna talk to your wife like that are you but, or you're not gonna why... really what what I liked about that though was that it was self aware. It wasn't yeah. just you know it wasn't just talk. It wasn't for example if you go back to um oh god what the hell is the name of the show um oh uh, what's this come on what's the show where he talks to his wife rubbish. Have we done it? Yeah, it was like uh, during Black History Month. I can't remember. Oh the name. oh Jeffersons. Yeah, so if you go back to the Jeffersons and he's like destroying his wife, like, yes. And you, I, and I remember you texting me going how uncomfortable you were. And he's all like, listen here, Wheezy. I'm the man of the house. I, I want you to make my dinner and put it on the table. Wheezy. 
Exactly. And if you go to that and then and then take it to this, where this is kind of it knows about that and it's kind of like if you think like if he his wife is like gonna kill him if he carries on. Do you know what I mean? Like but <laughs> it becomes very self aware that that behavior is unacceptable and not only unacceptable, yeah. it's futile. It doesn't get you anywhere. Like yeah. if you wanna if you want to get on in life, you do what your wife says and you make your wife happy. Happy wife, happy life, as they say, right? <laughs> uh, and, and and I really like the fact that it kind I'm of, gonna bear it, that in mind. That's honestly one of the best bits of advice I was ever given before I got married, <laughs> and that <laughs> I can pass on. Um, but yeah, so like this is kind of like um, a re- I, I, I find it really good that it was self aware and it was yeah, like, you know, and it. But and I it think they do do the whole shine on a light thing. on that. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. So it shined in a light on it, and it was kind of like through comedy, which is supposed to be what it's for, you know, empowering the. Yeah, like unempowered. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that aspect of it. It's just, the show was hilarious, and I just took that on its own merits. But this added another dimension to it. Absolutely, and uh, no, like, and also what I loved about the show was the neighbor Wilson. Yeah, I loved just, him. All you see, all you see is like the top half of his head. <laughs> yeah, I just and and he would always have like the most sensible advice. Yeah, he'd always be the one to steer Tim straight always be the sensible kind of the voice and like yeah tim and even like with patricia they all form a really strong bond with the neighbor yeah that carries on throughout and i think that was one of the kind of key things about this show was the 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 relationship they had with the neighbor so uh shall we shall we go into episodes yep um so again pilot um first thing i wrote was that it's buzz Lightyear. Um, so I was quite happy about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, so the idea, obviously you've gone through it already that is he got his TV show. And one thing I really liked is he was so proud of his TV show and he wanted his wife to come see it and his yeah. kids and they're not interested. Yeah. Like, it's basically <laughs> like, no one's ever interested in what their dad does for a living. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, that's just, does his thing. Like my thing as a kid where my dad was like, um, he could paint really well and he was he was playing in a band with electric guitars and singing in a band and things like that and that's like super cool things that i'd love to be able to yeah. do now and i wasn't interested as a kid i miss him so much <laughs> that is so true like um, you, you don't care you just want to go out and play yeah because what if your dad, your dad would be like this is what i do it's amazing yeah maybe you can do me. it too and you're like <laughs> yeah except me um so i got that to come i think like um as a father but um so uh where are we oh so one thing i did notice as well that this was a diy show right yeah and if you look on youtube now people are making millions and millions of pounds on mini diy shows like yeah this is how to build this this is how to do this this is like life hacks this life hacks that this is like you know 1991 and like what 20 years later we're no 30, 30 years later? almost 30 years pretty 30 much 30 years now, later yeah, yeah, yeah like pretty people much people are making millions of pounds on this same concept um anyway so basically the whole this episode is set up where his his his, um, his missus has what was, what's her name i've forgotten patricia Jill. No. no jill jill, jill. sorry her, patricia richardson is her name yeah yeah so jill has a job interview right and yeah he doesn't really want her to to have a kind of job he's not kind of not interested but um and she's got to go out and he's kind of in charge and she and sears is which i'm guessing is like a 
UK equivalent of home base or B and Q yeah. or something like that, right? I would so kind of like so, a yeah. DIY store. He's having yeah. a sale and he's looking for the catalog, like drooling over these like tools and things. <laughs> and he's desperate to go to this um, and thing grunting as well. So Jill says, like, don't go to the sale. I've got this job with you. I told you about it. And um, and then she and he's talking about the dishwasher and she's talking about oh don't she says wash that before you put it in the dishwasher and he's like why have I got to wash something before it gets washed again and he says oh because it's not strong enough <laughs> the jets aren't strong enough and he, and, obviously, and obviously he's thinking right more power more power more power um, no replacement for displacement kind of thing yeah so he decides to go to Sears anyway while she's at this job interview and he gets like the biggest compressor and one of the things that I found really funny was that. And I think every person that's ever looked at the fuse box in the house has thought, right, we need to label this stuff up. And he's yeah, labeled it. And he's, yeah. like, and he's like, right, why did I label this in pencil? <laughs> and he turns it off and he gets, he goes in to, to take the dishwasher part and he gets a massive electric shock. <laughs> and he's hiding it. He doesn't want his son to see. Yeah, exactly. And I was, I was like, oh... He goes away. He's like, "How to treat an electrical burn?" Anyway, so he comes back, and his wife comes back from the job interview. He's kind of in the in the back, and he's reading something. And he hasn't told his wife, but she's like, "Oh, I nailed the job interview, and this and that. It went really well. I'm pretty sure I got the job." And meanwhile, they've already called, and he took the call and said, "You ain't got the job." And um, so. Oh, so he tells he's one of his sons. Yeah, and his son basically tells his mum, oh, you didn't get a job anyway. And he kind of just <laughs> dropped it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and also, sorry, what I was going to say was um, the, uh, the the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. So he souped it up. Yep. And he and absolutely destroys it. And then he's talking to Wilson. Yeah. And he's just basically saying, oh, look, this is what happened. And my wife is upset. And it's like, oh, it's not the fact that I, th- I think what Wilson was trying to say was that you didn't listen to your wife. Yeah, it's always like important to just like sort of listen to her. And then on the uh, next Tool Time episode, he actually apologizes to his wife in a yes. subtle manner, which I thought was really nice. And he kind I, of I, realizes I, the yeah. error of his ways. I thought that was a really cool thing because he says it like if you know, and then what you've got to say, you've got to say sorry, Jill, or Jane, or. Deirdre or whatever her name is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and I just found that really funny. Yeah. Right, um, what else? Uh, so I went on to season four, uh, an episode called He Ain't Heavy, He's Just Irresponsible. <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously play on the Holly song, He Ain't Heavy, um, He's My Brother. Um, so this episode was actually quite a deep episode. And there was a couple of bits that, actually made me laugh out loud um oh okay yeah so i'm just reading through my notes so i know which bits actually made me laugh so basically it starts off the boy um i think brad's on the phone to his girl uh tim brings a new tool home um and a mum says like straight away take it back and what it is is like it's kind of i never knew this existed but it's like you instead of having a hoover or any other branded vacuum cleaner um <laughs> uh you have like a hole in your wall and you plug it in and you just do the room and you kind of take the hose pipe with you instead of taking the whole thing. Um, so he's got that for his house. I'm guessing it's an American thing. This definitely doesn't, I've not seen it here. And, and Jill says like, it's fine. Great. 
but if you mess this house up, you're in serious trouble, kind of thing. And he basically makes a hole in the floor and puts a hole for a pipe, and uh, he's trying to fix it. Um, and so in comes Marty, which who's who's Alan's brother. So he comes around and he's like, and it turns out he's having trouble with his wife. And they kind of take, they go out to a bar and they. They, they kind of talk about it. Marty and Alan talk about it. And it turns out that he's thinking about leaving his wife. They've just had kids. And and it, Marty's really struggling with the fact that he ain't getting any attention from his wife anymore. She's not fussed. It's really difficult to raise the children. I think he's had twins or something like that. So he's really struggling with the fact that he's got these kids to look after. And, and he's struggling with... And I think every new parent goes through that stage where your life transitions from you and your wife to you and your family. And yeah, it's a really difficult transition period because you can't do anything you want to do. You have to do what you have to do. And is it like a, that, yeah. you know, you go through years of doing whatever you like, you know, even as a, like a, from a child to a teenager to a, to an adult, you do whatever you like, whenever you like to do it. And suddenly, literally overnight, your life goes from, you know, you have to stop doing that. You have to do what you need to do as a parent. Yeah. And he's struggling with that. And I thought that's a really, really deep thing that they're, they're dealing with in the show. Um, and so uh, uh, Tim says, what the hell are you doing? You have to man up, do the right thing, stand by your wife. Like, I don't know what the hell are you talking about, but it's not the right thing to do. Um, then they go back to... So the, kind of goes back to the house and mum's working on this uh, college essay thing. And um, uh, Brad says, can he go to his girlfriend's house? And he says, that's fine. So Tim comes in and tells, um, who's Nancy? I wrote Nancy. Might be the girlfriend. No, I didn't mean Nancy. I think I meant um, Jill. So Tim tells uh, Jill about Marty and what's going on. And obviously like, you know, he's consulting his wife. Yeah. Um, And then, so he he then goes on and tells Wilson about it, who's tending this like is it called Reiki, where like the, the you know the kind of Zen garden things where he's like the um he's he's tending this garden yeah 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 like you know has rocks and sand and stuff in yeah. it and he's trying to do that um and he's and he says like he, he gives he's saying like I tried to tell him I tried to give him this this advice and this and that and the other and then Marty just says. And sorry, not Marty. Wilson says it's up to it's up to Marty what he does. He's an adult now, and it turns yeah. out that you know, like, like Alan has been looking after him in manner of speaking throughout their lives. So, but Marty, uh, Wilson just says, "Listen, back off. It's up to him now. He's an adult. He's kind of big enough and ugly enough to sort out himself." Uh-huh. Um. So Marty comes back and tries to talk to him. Tim tries to kind of <laughs> tell him these words, but he just regurgitate the wise words that Wilson told him and he fails. Um, <laughs> and it, and Marty kind of opens up some more and it turns out he's kind of struggling with his like wife because they haven't kind of been close or intimate together for like six months. Yeah. Um, and, and, and kind of Tim's using like kind of euphemisms and metaphors and things. And he says, wait a while because you know, the, the band will get back together. And then Marty's like, like his face lights up. He goes, Oh really the whole band. And then he, he goes, Tim says, maybe not the whole band, but at this point you'd be, you'd be, you'd be happy with a kazoo and a whistle. <laughs> so that that made me laugh, that part. Um, 
And then Tim says, Tim's giving advice about raising kids and he talks to his wife and, and he says like, uh, so yeah, sorry. She's talking to his wife now at the end of the episode. And he says like, Oh, do you forgive me? Kind of thing. And then she says, you know, that depends. Does the vacuum cleaner work? And he says, does it work? <laughs> and he's like, and he's showing off and he's like, showing off how, par- how powerful it is. And it sucks up her college essay. Oh. <laughs> straight down the pipe. But the thing is, like, I, I just wasn't expecting it. She goes straight in, and I was, I was gone. And that's how that episode ends. Then I went on to, I haven't wrote as many notes for this episode. Um, was called uh, season seven is called What a Drag, and the <laughs> the beginning made me laugh because um, they're doing the episode on location, and it's in his back garden. And what they're doing is like, there's a storm coming. You should prune your trees back so they don't snap and cause damage and stuff like that. The, the during the filming the the tree branch snaps that tim's standing on he goes straight through his own gazebo and he and he just says he's all kind of dazed and he goes coming up <laughs> gazebo repair <laughs> tips <laughs> so basically whilst they smash through the gazebo they're kind of putting everything back together and they find a bag of like cannabis taped to the to the underside of one of the chairs Ooh. so jill and alan set up like to a stakeout like, you know, like, let's put it all back. We'll find out which one of the kids it is. And um, Wilson's, like, joining in with the stakeout. They're at Wilson's house, staking out. And um, uh, they end up, like, um, the wife gets anno- uh, annoyed and she's like, I've had enough of this. And she go- kind of goes in and she catches Brad trying to get the the weed. Yeah. And he gets grounded. And it's kind of an episode where, like, what do you do if your kids get into this sort of thing, right? And they kind of don't really know what to do. Uh, they kind of have a sit down, talk to him. They ground him, um, tell him off, like to kind of do the whole parenting thing, um, and then it's kind of just that episode just ended. Like, don't do drugs. You're you're grounded, kind of thing. Um, so that episode kind of was a bit of a nothing episode, uh, and that was a fun episode I watched. Did you not watch the finale? No, I was meant to, but um, children came in the way. That's all right. Okay, so the episodes I watched. So I watched the last episode of season one, which was stereotypical. So Tim buys a whole stereo set, which causes massive complications because he messes up with the whole buttons. So he wants it to play really loud music and he wants it to control the TV. And so he's got like this really loud music on and obviously his wife's like, turn it down. And he's like, no, I want my music to be loud. So he's just putting the volume up and he's just like breaking all the windows because he's got it to like opera version or something. So like all the windows smash and Jill's like basically a massive technophobe as we realize because she hates all these gadgets and she's just like, you better turn everything back to normal because like none of this, nobody knows how to work it. You've overcomplicated it. And yeah, so that was that episode. And then season two, episode one, which is probably my favorite. I think it might actually be one of my favorite sitcom episodes of all time, actually. This was an incredible episode. It's called Read My Hips. So yeah, so Jill is planning a romantic surprise dinner for Tom. But like Tom is out you know, with Al and the guys in uh, the pub and they're basically like having a big all drinking and she's basically, no, so like Big Mike and Al 
they're all at the the pub with Tim or whatever, and Tim is just having fun with the lads. And she's calling, going, you know, maybe you want to come home and all this kind of stuff. And obviously hinting that there might be, you know, a nice fancy dinner and we should spend some time together and whatnot. And so he doesn't realize. He goes, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll come home in a little bit. One thing I liked was the beginning. So they obviously introduced the show. And so Tim is like, here I am introducing Al, I can't find a better job. Balling. Woo! <laughs> so he's all clapping. And then he's saying, oh, it's very important because it's a safe place. It's a happy place, isn't it, Al? And Al's like, I wouldn't know. And so <laughs> just <laughs> laughing. And just a banter between these two. And then Tim's just like, yeah, yeah, keep talking. Otherwise, you're not going to have a job. And in, in this episode of uh, Tool Time, someone writes Tim a letter about his toxic mas- masculinity. And he's saying that, you, you, all you do is that you love tools, you're macho, you grunt like an ape. I'm sick of the show and I'm sick of you. And then Al, you can hear him going, like sniggering and then turning his head. And then Tim just like glares at him and he's like, there's more in the letter. It also says, I hate the assistant Al with a passion. How about that? And then Al's like, let me have a look at the letter. And they're like, uh, we ain't got time for that. And so they get like this uh, blowtorch and he was like, oh, it looks like somebody doesn't like me grunting. And he's going to the audience. Do you want me to stop the grunting? And everyone's going, no, no, no. And he's like with the, with the, 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 the fire gun, he goes, hey, this is the complaints department. And he's like to Al, hold the letter up. And then Al is sensible. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So he puts it on like a, a vice. So he puts the letter on the vice and he just gets the blowtorch gun and he's just like, you know what? Here's what you can do with your complaint. (laughs) Just completely blows the letter up and he's just like, yeah, feel free to write any time. That intro was just genius. And then back to the whole thing about his wife. He goes home and Jill is like, you don't pick up the signals that I am leaving for you it's very very obvious and you just don't see it and then tim's like well why don't you make it clearer why don't you make the 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 signals and the signs clearer you're doing all of these hints how am i supposed to understand hints i'm a man tell it straight to me and all this stuff and then on the show He's talking about like mixed signals and honestly this made me laugh so much because he's like oh and for example, he's like, if a man has a stop sign, it will say, hey, stop where you are. Stop. <laughs> if a woman has a stop sign, he says, and I actually wrote it down. The stop sign would say, if you really knew me, you'd know what you should do right now. <laughs> that made me laugh. so. I was howling with laughter because it was so funny. And you know what, ladies, it's true. Like, literally, a man sign would be, hey, stop, octagon, big stop sign. Whereas a woman would be like, yeah, if you really knew me, you'd know what you need to do right now. (laughs) But yeah, that that whole episode just made me laugh so much. And he's starting to realise that he should try and be more understanding with his wife. He should try and 
read the room a lot better. And I think for fellas as well, like we've got to be better at reading the room. Because sometimes we don't read the room. Sometimes we have it has to be spelled out for us. Yeah. And while that's important, sure, spell it out. But like sometimes we've got to try and read the room. We've got to try and read between the lines. Of, yeah, read between the lines. Think outside of the box. All of those expressions. Like sometimes I think we have to we have to play ball in that sense that we have to do that as well as sometimes expecting the the absolute the absolute obvious and then obviously yeah he he realizes and then he apologizes and uh yeah so uh, he he basically yeah like i said he apologizes and uh that episode is that episode but yeah it's 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 an episode that i would definitely recommend you go and watch it is absolutely hilarious it made me laugh so much and then i went all the way to season six episode one so they are on location with tool time and they're giving their salute. I love that the little sound effect they'll do with the salute. Or no, it'd be like a it'd be like we give a tool time salute to uh, the, the 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 US constellation aircraft carrier. So they're going on this carrier thingy and uh they're like to Tim, yeah, don't touch anything. We know about you and who you are. They're all like, yeah, just do not touch. And he's looking at all these buttons and he's like, oh, oh, oh. And he starts grunting and he's like, oh, look at all these buttons. I just have the manly urge to touch all these buttons. So he's just touching all these buttons and what have you. And then I think, yeah, they're like, oh, you've just started a war with Finland. And he's like, oh, my God, really, really, really? And they're like, no, no, no. They're like, we disabled all the machines. Because we knew you was coming. <laughs> and then he was just like, oh, but these these engines run so slow. He's like, just imagine if you put a real propeller, jet propeller. We can make these babies go really, really fast. And uh, meanwhile, back at home, Jill finds Brad in his room with his girlfriend. And Jill's like, hey, what the hell's going on? What, what are you, what are you, what are y'all doing? And Brad's like, you know, it's, it's none of your business. You know, me and me and my girlfriend, what we're doing, we're not doing anything wrong and all this stuff. And so Jill is concerned. And she's calling, like, Tim while, while he's doing his location thing. And she's like, oh, there's something wrong with Brad. And then he accidentally falls over and pushes one of the buttons or whatever. And, like, part of the ship, I think, is, like, on fire or something. And they're like, <laughs> what have you done, you idiot? What have you done, you idiot? And he's basically having the... When he comes back, he's basically having the man-to-man talk with Brad. And so I love how Brad was like, oh, hey, Dad. Have, 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 are the Navy going to stop protecting us now because of you? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, very funny, son. And yeah, so he's having uh, the talk with Brad about being careful and making sure you're not doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. And that was that episode. And then the finale... The long and winding road, which was the name of the episode, but I just started to do it in a singy songy way. And uh, so, yeah, so this is uh, there's a new producer of Tool Time, and he basically has like a Jerry Jerry Springer style fight on the show because it basically starts with three men, and this was like the first like black character 
that I saw on both of these shows, Full House and Home Improvement, right? The lack of brothers on both shows was very, very alarming and, and galling, but whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to make that thing. I'm not really mad at that. And so it was all three men, and they all love their tools and their machines. And Tim is, like, bonding with them, and he's all like, yeah, you, don't you just love the machines? And basically all their wives are like, yeah, we don't really like you men doing all of that stuff. And so one of the other wives was like to like the husband and they're like basically swearing, but they're like doing the bleeps. They're like, oh, I think you're a bleep, bleep, bleep to the husband. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, I don't really like you because I was sleeping with that man. And everyone's going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so they're all having this big old fight. And the producer's like, yeah, basically this is going to be the future of tool time. And so Tim was like, uh, I don't want to do this. This is like, this is, this is bull jive. Put the show back to how it was. Otherwise, I'm going to quit. Me and, and Al and Heidi, we're all going to walk. And so basically they are like, you know what? We're going to quit the show. And they quit. And uh, Jill gets offered uh, a job in uh, Indiana. And so she's thinking, oh, should I take this job? Should I not? And basically Al was like, uh, yeah, we're not going to really leave Detroit. So it's out of the question. And so he's basically having a talk with Wilson and he's saying to Wilson, look, what should I do? My wife got this job. I've just quit mine. And then he realizes, look, that she sacrificed so much for all of us. So he's like to his wife, you know what? I think you should take this job in Indiana. You've done so much for us. Now it's our turn. We're going to sacrifice for you. And so... He's like, you know what, we're going to do our last episode and we're just going to leave and we're going to go to Indiana. And they have a big discussion with the boys as well. And they're like, you know what, all right, fine, because we're going to college anyway, then we can all move on to uh, Indiana. And uh, they uh, have uh, Al's wedding in their backyard. So that was one of like the last things that they do. So have Al's wedding in their backyard. And so the producer comes back and he's like to Tim, hey, look, he's like, we want you to come back to tool time. I'm going to offer you more money. I'm going to make you exec producer. And he's thinking, no, I'm not going to take this job because I'm going to, obviously I want Jill to do her job in uh, Indiana, but Jill is sort of having cold feet because she doesn't really want change. And so she's talking to Wilson and Wilson's like, maybe you should take the job. She's like, you think so? And he's like, I don't know. She's got Wilson. Stop, you know, confusing me with my feelings. And, she gives Wilson a hug and she's like, I'm going to really miss talking to you. You've been an amazing neighbor. And she's like, yeah, just do what your heart tells you to do. And uh, so there, they all discuss their opportunities. And yeah, so Tim is just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let you turn down this job. We're going to go to Indiana and we're going to, we're going to move. And uh, that was the end of home improvement. And Tim Allen did say, I think at some point last year about, doing the show again so he said and i quote i like the idea of doing it as a one-off like a one-hour movie versus a full-fledged revival series i like the idea of finding out where the boys are now and where tool time would be in today's world i just think it's a marvelous idea and all the actors and i think it would be a great idea i mean i'd love to see a one-off no i think so too and i think like it actually fits very well in today's society because i think like the things that they're dealing with in yeah, and bringing up even ingest is like very prominent in today's society. Absolutely, I think it could be uh, something that could really 
really take off. And, uh, oh, this is going to be a really tough one, you know. It's now we have to... It is a real pick this week. I, I'm not sure I've still made my mind up yet. I mean, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, so I picked um, um, Home Improvement. Yeah, um, I knew you would. And it wasn't like I don't, I'm not taking anything away from uh, Full House. Yeah, but um, the reason I'm picking Home Improvement is because I think I found a sitcom that I'm going to watch. Again. Yeah, and I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I actually laughed out loud at several moments on it. So I yeah. think that if we, I mean I loved when we discover something. Actually, this was really good. Like I'm definitely going to watch this. Yeah. Um. So th- for for me, as soon as it, like that ticked that box, I was like, okay, yeah, Scott this has to win today. Taking nothing away from Full House, it's a fantastic and, and yeah, and, and and you know has some really powerful moments in it. But I think this one tipped it for me. Okay, so based on the fact that it grew on me as it went on, both shows actually, I I did initially start Home Improvement and thought, mm, I, I don't know about this show. And then it, it came, it grew on me and same with Full House. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with Full House only because I loved how the continuity of this show. Yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah, absolutely. Nothing says a better show or a really good show than continuity i love my shows to make sense and to have a pattern and to keep with that pattern i don't Mm -hmm. want it to change for the sake of change they could have easily have probably they could have easily have hired other actors to play older versions of each one but they didn't they kind of stuck with everybody which i really really i loved that so much and seeing Fuller House and seeing how each character has grown up and developed and taken on this whole new era of the show where it's now the the kids are now the grown-ups and they are looking after the kids and, and, and what have you, which I, I really like. I like that whole concept and idea. But, yeah, take nothing away from Home Improvement. I Yeah, that episode, Read My Hips, is just it's <laughs> I haven't laughed that much at a, a sitcom in ages. That episode made me laugh throughout, and I had to make a note of this stop sign. That was just <laughs> that is just that's genius writing, really, really is. And uh, yeah, both shows are fantastic. So uh, yeah, good job, guys. Really, really good job. And yeah, shout out to the Fuller House crew. If ever you guys want to come on and chat on our podcast, please do. We'd love to chat with all of you. So, uh, yeah. Good job, guys. And now, oh, we come on to the main event. And I'm even getting emotional just thinking about it. The Wonder Years. So, we're now going back to January 1988. And some of the things happening in the world. I was born. I just get that out of the way. I was born. <laughs> Yay! That 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 is the news right there. <laughs> but yeah, other other non-important and non-significant things, I guess, happening. So you had Margaret Thatcher becoming the longest-serving British Prime Minister of this century. The Phantom of the Opera, the longest-running Broadway play ever, opens. 
Hewlett-Packard introduces the HP-2AS Advanced Scientific Calculator. One interesting thing was Hewlett-Packard is actually a person. I didn't know. Really? Yeah, his I've... name is like Tim Hewlett. And yeah, the Packard is just, I think, for... Got one of his computers. For the crack. I think we all did at some point, didn't we? For Keeps was the highest grossing film of January. And on my birthday, I think we're alone. By Tiffany was number one in the charts. Interesting. I didn't know that song. I didn't know who Tiffany was. But uh, there you go. Hey, Tiffany. <laughs> great song. Really great song. Yes. Double thumbs up for me. So this was a... So The Wonder Years was a American coming-of-age comedy drama series that, were create, that was created by Neil Marlins and Carol Black. It was set out to create a family show that would appeal to the baby boomer generation by setting the series in the late 60s, which was a time of radical change in America's history. And they also wanted to tie the series, they also wanted the series to tie this setting into the life of a normal boy growing up during the period. And uh, Carol Black said at the time, and I quote, we naturally took elements of our experience and threw them into the pot, the basic setup, the neighborhood, the era, that's the time and place where we grew up. And storylines were told through Kevin's reflection as an adult in his mid-30s, voiced by narrator Daniel Stern. I loved him. I loved his voice. I loved his narration. And actually, the search for the main lead didn't take long. Marlins and Black went to five casting directors and interviewed them for recommendations. All five of them recommended Fred Savage, who at the time was famous for his role as the grandson in The Princess Bride and as Charlie Marshall in Vice Versa. And yeah, like I said, it depicts the social and family life of a boy living in a typical American suburban middle-class family from 1968 to 1973, covering the ages of 12 through 17. And earlier seasons of the show tended to focus on plots involving events with the Arnold household and Kevin's academic struggles, whereas later seasons focus more on plots involving dating and Kevin's friends. And one of the unfortunate things about the show was as the show was in the process of wrapping up the final season, a costume designer, Monique Long, filed a sexual harassment charge against Fred Savage and Jason Harvey, who played Wayne. The suit brought unwanted publicity to the show, and the case was settled out of court. But Fred Savage said that he was completely exonerating and saying that it was a really terrible experience. And apparently the Christmas story inspired the spirit of the Wonder Years. So you have the whole coming of age theme and the use of narration. And in terms of production, the Wonder Years set itself apart from other shows with its single camera setup, use of narrator and without uh, a laugh track. And Josh Saviano, who plays Paul Pfeiffer, said, and I quote, The Wonder Years showed the television industry that it's okay to create a show like that, to take out the laugh track, to try different camera styles, and to take a risk. And with just only six episodes in the first season, Marlins and Black took home the 1988 Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series. And at the age of 13, Fred Savage became the youngest actor to be nominated for an Emmy 
for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series category. And he was nominated again in 1990. And when it came down to casting Winnie Cooper, there were two final contenders, Danica McKellar, who plays Winnie, and her sister, Crystal McKellar. And yeah, so they were like, it it was practically a toss-up. And it's funny that Paul, in the end, that in in the end of the, the whole show, like we we know that Paul becomes a, a lawyer and he goes to Harvard, and in reality, Josh Saviano attended Yale and became a lawyer. Ooh. So, and also the uh, we'll we'll get to Kevin and Winnie shortly, and uh, yeah, so the show uh, earned a spot in the Nielsen's top thirty during the first four seasons. TV Guide named it one of the best twenty shows of the nineteen eighties. As I said, after six episodes, it won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series. And the show was also awarded a Peabody Award in 1989 for pushing the boundaries of the sitcom format and using new modes of storytelling. And in total, the series won 22 awards and was nominated for 54 more. In 1997, My Father's Office, which is such a good episode, was ranked 29 on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time. And in the 2009 revised list, the pilot was ranked 43. In 2016, Rolling Stone ranked The Wonder Years 63 on its list of 100 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. In 2017, James Charisma of Paste ranked the show's opening sequence, 14 on a list of 75 Best TV Title Sequences of All Time. As we know, the opening theme was the classic with a little help from my friends, which was sung by Joe Cocker and was written by the Beatles. It was their song originally. But obviously, Joe Cocker just took that song to a new level, really, and kind of made it his own. Danica McKellar won the Young Artist Award for Best Young Actress in a featured co-starring recurring role in a comedy drama series or special. And what Fred Savage said about him being on The Wonder Years was, and I quote, the persona of The Wonder Years is something that's going to be with me forever. And I'm happy for that. It's nothing that I'd ever shy away from. And it makes me feel so good that it's something people still remember and talk about and think of it so fondly. I think now I've established myself as a director, but starting out, I'd be foolish to think that every opportunity that came after The Wonder Years didn't stem from The Wonder Years. So I owe so much of everything to that show. And yeah, so we'll get to Kevin and Winnie now. And I just wanted to give you a quote that uh, Bob Brush said to the Los Angeles Times. Because obviously, as we know, Kevin and Winnie don't end up together. And what he said was, and I quote, some viewers will be surprised that nothing works out the way your fondest wish would be. The message I wanted in there is that that's part of the beauty of life. It's fine to say I'd like everything to be just the way it was when I was 15 and I was happy, but it seemed more nurturing for me to say that we leave those things behind and we go on to forge new lives for ourselves. Now, the wonder years. Let's 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 just let's just get right into this one. Um, so just quick, I've just been doing some research because I just like uh, his face, uh, uh, Fred Savage's face. I've been trying to think of like when I've seen yeah. this and he's the guy with the mole in Austin Powers Goldmember. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie. I've um, not. No. It, it's funny, and I've just it's just reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> the Wonder Years 
so one of the notes I wrote was like, so I, I'm glad you put like, the single camera format because it's very different format. So yeah. I've watched two kind of like, you know, studio based sitcom shows and yeah. we've done quite a few of these and I'm kind of quite used to the delivery. So this delivery, I was a bit like, it took me a while to get yeah. to, you know, into the swing of it. I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And I was like, is it a comedy? Is it not a comedy? Like, it kind of felt like a, a serious show, but funny things happened every now and then. Like, yeah. you know, it was more, it felt much more of a story-driven piece than um, some of the other ones, you know? Because some of the other ones were like, you know, situation comedy, you know, it just throws up random situations and will make them funny kind of thing, right? This one's in much more story-led based, like, for me, anyway, that's what I kind of yeah, yeah. First, um, so it's kind of really being pushed forward by this, by this underlying storyline, and you know they kind of get swept up in comedy throughout that. So that was kind of a bit different for me. And for me as well, the, like I said, the narration because mm. for me, yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid watching the Wonder Years, but as I grew up, I just fell in. I've, I'm in love with this show. Like I love everything about the Wonder Years like the whole i could just sit down and the the narration is so like welcoming it's so soothing you're just watching it and you're watching the characters i thought the acting was magnificent throughout especially the kids so danica mckellar and fred savage as kevin and winnie i thought the acting was brilliant and what i just loved is just the warmth of the show yeah, yeah. So it, it, it sometimes it will be happy, sometimes it will be heartbreaking, sometimes it will be sad, and they will always just have that whole idea of this is what the world used to be like, and they will remember it with fond memories, with wonder, as the show says. And I just I loved that so so much. Yeah, so I was like a little less invested. In the show, I'd never heard of it before. Um, really, at all, in, at all, coming in completely fresh. Damn, um, so I was not like I had zero nostalgia watching this. Like this is just coming completely fresh, like no hang-ups, no like. Um, uh, so you could be a lot more critical then. Yeah, so I come in. I come in. It's like um, I found that one of the things I found about the show is that you have to watch it in sequence. You can't dip in and out of the show. Or yeah. at least not unless you know a lot about where the storyline is going and who yeah. the characters are. So I, I I watched a couple of episodes and I kind of came out and I dipped back in again. And I was a bit like, because I didn't know where the characters came. I knew where they come from, but I didn't know where they yeah. were going in, you know, in their lives. And, and, and this is why I kind of pick up on the fact that it's more storyline driven is that you can't just, you know, watch a couple of episodes here and there and, and appreciate it. So uh-huh. I noticed it was, I was a bit lost at times and it's kind of a bit like, okay, um, I, I could follow the episode, but I have no emotional involvement in it, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like, I, it, it should come no surprise. I have watched every episode of The Wonder Years. <laughs> it, it is something that I have watched from start to finish. So it was a case for me, like, when I'm obviously doing this show, I can just kind of look back and pick episodes that I thoroughly enjoyed watching and thoroughly relevant and necessary towards our discussion. So I can just, yeah, I can go here, 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 pick this one, pick that one, pick ones that I kind of just can look back and think, Oh my God, this is just so funny. And this is so, so, so good. And, 
we got to talk about Gwendolyn Cooper, or as you know as Winnie. So you could probably hear her little her little jingle in the background because she has that little do 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 That's like Winnie, the girl next door, and you just hear that that cute little uh, music. But Kevin and Winnie, I mean. Winnie is just the absolute worst for me. Like, I don't think she ever really loved Kevin. And she teased and messed that boy up all the way throughout growing up. Yeah. And it would be like any time that they would be spent apart, she would always end up with another guy. So when uh, they all go to junior high, they go to different schools. And they're meant to be having a, a long distance relationship. But, She's playing away. Yeah, pretty much. And they're all like, well, obviously Kevin's like, what what the hell? Like, and obviously they're growing up, things are changing. And that was kind of like the main theme of their relationship. Like, things ain't gonna be the same. In fact, things changed the minute her brother died in Vietnam because oh, because you're of my that, pit, man. <laughs> because of, <laughs> no, no, because of that, their parents split up because of it. Oh, really? So I didn't the, even know the that. grief and yeah, they, they, Brian, yeah. So the Winnie's parents split up, and she she doesn't live next door to Kevin anymore. They moved to the other side of town. So right from the get go, like their lives are changed forever. Yeah. What were you gonna say about Brian? No, I was just it's just in the episode episode one, right? So. Yeah, so should um, we just go into episodes then? Yeah, let me because in the, uh, the first couple, I watched the first couple of episodes back to back to try and get a gist of what the show was about yeah. and where it's going. You know, so did you watch my dad's office? Out of interest, hey? my dad's that was office, like the third that? episode of. No, so I watched season so episode one and two, then kind of was dipping in and out. So I watched episode one, two, episode ninety nine of season one, or whatever it was. I was a bit like, why is there so many bloody episodes? I don't um, think there is. I think it was just the way the the link I sent you set it up. Ah, uh, okay. And then I went to like season six, episode twenty three. So, which was the finale, I believe. Yeah, we can so, talk about uh, we can talk about the pilot and finale together, and then everything else will just cool. So, uh, so basically, it sets up sets up the scene. They're they're basically living in the suburbs. They're on a street. They've there's you know as you would in a street and i grew up on a street like this where there's kids playing with kids and you know yeah um everyone knows each other and whether or not they like each other so wayne's brother's beating him and <laughs> as you know as brothers fight and, and then brian says like hey wayne like leave off or i'm gonna do it to you kind of thing and he was just kind of like the coolest kid like he's the older teenager you know fit, trying to fix his car um anyway so they they go. It's a Kevin and Paul, the best friends, first day of junior high school. Um, their friends and Winnie's going as well, and she kind of comes in all dressed up. Uh, meanwhile, I think he's already gone, but um, Brian Cooper gets drafted for the Vietnam War, and it's that's obviously going on yeah. at the moment. Um, and to they're all kind of like trying to figure out where they're going to fit into school. And this is kind of what this episode is about. Where do they fit in and how to traverse high school, right? So um, K- 
Kevin gets bashed up a little bit. Like um, the, the the bully ends up like using his locker for like storing guns and no, no, it was a gun, it was a knife, I think. Yeah, and, uh, something drugs. like that. Um, and pretty much a uh, swag bag of all the horrible things that <laughs> all the stuff you don't want to teen... get caught in your locker. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they they go to um. They go to lunch and they hold, you know, where do you sit? There's a cool kids and a greasers and a uh, whoever nerds Jocks and... and the nerds and yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one I wrote. Like high school in America must have been so hard. But I mean, yeah, like, everyone in. I'm not sure about you, but like you just sit wherever there was a seat. Yeah, you sit and with your just... mates. That's it. Yeah, and the thing is, it wasn't like you know there was loads of. Like these yeah. specific groups, it was just like, oh, there's old matey and there's John and Dave and whoever. But there was like, obviously, oh, you had like school. cool kids, you'd have the cool yeah. kids, you had like the thugs, and then you had the geeks, and then you just had the in betweeners, which was basically no, exactly. pretty much everybody, and that was me. Yeah, exactly. And you just sit with your mates at lunch. No, exactly. Yeah. Um. So uh, American high school looks well hard. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, right? So, um, her, his brother Wayne basically tries to embarrass him in front of everyone and he gets in a mood because he like says like oh there's your girlfriend winning he's like i don't love her i don't you know if girls are just going whatever that whole thing and then tries to leave the cafeteria but the teacher stops him says you can't take food out and then he and then the uh he takes it out anyway and he goes and his teacher stops him says look what do you think you're doing i told you not to do that and he basically says, oh, you want this back in the cafeteria? And he launches an apple <laughs> straight through <laughs> the cafeteria, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and then the whole mum gets called in. It's like the mum's having a chat. And then all of a sudden, he like, cuts to dad. And dad is like, don't piss dad off, basically. Yeah, he's like cracking because, his knuckles. Yeah, because dad is like, you know, he's always tense. He's working hard or whatever. And he's not in the mood. And he's kind of rem- he's kind of reminds me of what a lot of my dad's mates were like, or yeah. at least granddads were like, like it's, it's like, don't, whatever you do, don't wind them up. And that was How's work? Like, Work's yeah. work. How's traffic? Yeah. Traffic's traffic. Yeah. And that's kind of like how all you got from him. So there's kind of the whole thing that, like, oh, I'm going to get told off. I'm going to get the biggest beating of my life, this and that and the other. And then they get to the house and I think it's Wayne and this girl comes out, is it? And yeah, it's Mr. Karen. Yeah, and this is where the show just gets stopped dead. And excuse the pun, but like, and it says the saying that Brian Cooper was killed in Vietnam, so killed in action. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because it's you're so caught up in oh crap, he's going to get the beating of his life. And then all of a sudden, bam, it just stops the show. And it's like the whole world oh. changes. Yeah, and it's like, and I guess that's kind of how death hits everyone, right? Yeah. We're all kind of just walking and sorting through life. And then all of a sudden, boom and death comes and it comes like indiscriminately and it just stops everything yeah that was like so successful that that little that little scene there um because it certainly like made me think um anyway so then they're kind of like very reflective from there on out um kevin goes for a walk and finds winnie sitting on a thing so that's her brother sitting on a thing and they end up having a little kiss and that's the end of the first episode I think you've um, done it all, really. So you can um, carry on. So I went straight on to episode two, because like I said, I came on this fresh. I didn't really know where this was going. So it starts with the um, um, the funeral of Brian. They go to the wake and stuff like that. And uh, then he kind of like fighting with this 
thing inside of her, like he fancies her and he and he, and he and he loves her and and he wants to kind of tell her, but also the time isn't right, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> he has to kind of deal with that internal conflict, and he kind of sees the ghost of Brian, and he says like, and he says, oh yeah, that, that's that's you know, it's cool that you're going for the move, but like this isn't the right time. Yeah. Uh, and then they have like um, a PE lesson, but they have sex sex education in PE. Um, and then they kind of like don't get the information they want and they're kind of like looking for a little bit of like juicy information you know they're, they're boys and they're growing and they're learning um, and so they get told and Wayne, Wayne tells isn't them, it yeah yeah so Wayne I, tells I them remember that, this episode yeah. he, he goes like listen there's a book and it's just like everything you want to know about sex but we're too embarrassed to ask or something to that effect and it, yeah and it's, it's in a bookshop so they end up like going to the book this bookshop to get this book and they find it but they're too shy to go to the till and they're, and they're kind of like saying um oh you you go no you go you know you go and it, and it ends up like i think um paul goes in the end but he leaves like 20 dollars yeah. instead of seven dollars that he's supposed to leave and they run home with a book and they they as soon as they get upstairs they're kind of go, oh, i'm gonna read the book and then their mum calls them down for lunch and then after lunch, then they have to do the washing up. And then they, when, by the time they get upstairs, the book's gone and Wayne's nicked it. And the mum comes in and says, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you got this book. And she kind of gives him a telling off. And then before she leaves, she says, I can't believe you'd go into my dresser. And then it turns out, oh! the, the, parents, it turns out the parents have the book. And then it's kind of a bit like, uh, yeah, we never spoke about that. From the, from the <laughs> uh, and then so Kevin takes Winnie to the, the kind of cuts to like Winnie and Kevin going out together again. And they're talking about like, it's kind of seen, like, seems to be a thing in America where, you know, you just, to do with like girlfriend or whatever, or boyfriend, you get to first base, second base, third base, fourth base, whatever. I yeah. don't know what the bases are. I'll be honest. I don't but, either. But that, but there is a kind of like, they're walking around a baseball field and walking the bases kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and and they're nice. kind of, so they're kind of shy to each other and they kind of say like, Oh, but they both kind of want to like, you know, maybe have a little kiss or whatever they want to do. But then they both decide to just play on the swings and decide that they'll be kids a little bit longer. Oh, that's nice. Right. So I went on to episode 99 after this. Probably shouldn't have, to be honest. Hello. <laughs> um, so this was like Kevin and Winnie. Uh, do you know, like in America, it seems again in America, where they have these like cliffs where people go and park their cars and they like. Watch they movies. Just, well, they just like making out with each other on top of a cliff. Yeah, it's like that's an I mean, American thing, isn't it? So anyway, so basically, uh, Kevin is trying to like, um, Kevin's trying to like, so Kevin's trying to have his way with like, with Winnie, and she ain't having any of it. Right? Yeah, and she keeps kind of saying like, as ever. Yeah, she's saying like, oh, do you remember when we biked down this hill on our bikes as kids? And he's like, and he said like. He said, the good thing between us is that we have a past and the bad thing about us is we have a we past. Have a past. Is that yeah. the narrator saying that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so, so uh, to, uh, Kevin's parents are going away. His brother's already away. He asked Rooney around to study, you know. Um, oh, yeah. So he makes a romantic room, but again, when he's not having any of it. And then basically Kevin just wants a bit. Like I can't put it any other way. Um, so he's kind of pushing it when he's not feeling that she's kind of pushing them away um and they end up watching a movie but they just fall asleep on a sofa but she hasn't called her parents to let her know where she is um 
He rushes over to her parents' house to drop her off in the morning because it's like seven o'clock by the time they wake up. Parents don't care because it's Kevin, and yeah. they trust Winnie. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't like the fact that they trust, like, because it means that like she's not interested. It's nothing going to happen. So he's yeah. So he's not. He doesn't like the fact that they they trust him. Right. Trust Winnie. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's telling the boys that you know, in the locker room as, you know, he's embarrassed to say that actually nothing's going on between us. So he just kind of says like, oh, we spent the night together. You know, use your imagination. Kind of you thing. know. You know. <laughs> so so she gets she gets mad. She finds out, you know, people talk and things. And, and as you do. Yeah, so she goes and tells his dad, ask for advice. And he says, listen, you should go right now. Apologize to her. Uh, so he goes, but he kind of doesn't apologize. He makes excuses. He says, like, oh, the boys are saying this. I don't blah, 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 blah. You know, this is doing that. Um, she gets upset that, you know, she's rushing. He's rushing her into something that she doesn't want to do and basically slams the door in his face. Um, and as a VO, how much he regrets that. Um, and I think that's the one, the last one before the finale. So you might as well fill in the gaps. Yeah. Because obviously this, for me, I'd, I'd already seen The Wonder Years. I used to watch it every time ITV4 used to show reruns. ITV4? Yeah, ITV4 used to show reruns. And this was like yeah. before they were allowed to... like They, they used to have like different theme songs because obviously you can't use the original theme song of the With a Little Help of My Friends because it's expensive. Yeah. They used to always like bleep out the music because obviously yeah you had like music from the beatles you had music from the beach boys god the, the soundtrack was the, so good on the wonder years isn't That's that one thing the, i loved the show ed hasn't come back because of the music right probably but yeah like with the wonder years obviously the that's when the you had like the amazing music so like that's why it's not really on like netflix or I think it only came out on DVD recently. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's a minefield getting all the rights to all the music. Like I said, you had music from the Beatles. You had music from the Stones, probably. You had Simon and Garfunkel at one point. You had... Um, oh, the, it's, it's the song that they played at the beginning of the uh, episode two of the Winnie's Funeral. It's like a classic 60s song. It's like... Like, yeah, they had that song. I can't remember it. Uh, they had so many. Like, it, 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 and obviously, um, God only knows what I'd be without you. They had that. God only knows Beach Boys. So, like, just the soundtrack was insanely good on the one year. I just wanted to make that bit. So, I watched the final episode of uh, season one, Dance With Me. So, uh, as you do, there's a, a, a fall dance coming up at the school. Fall, I think, is autumn in American language. But it for us normal people, it's autumn. So, uh, he wants to ask Lisa Berlini to the fall dance. And he's writing in the notes, as you do in class, you pass over notes. And so, he's saying... Um, Hey, do you want to go to the uh, the dance with me? He's writing that in the note. And then Lisa Bellini writes, okay, on there. So not yes, not no, but okay. And so he's thinking, oh, yes, I've got a date for um, the fall dance. And this is awesome, blah, 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 blah. 
And then Brad Gaines, a student in Kevin's class, asks Lisa, hey, do you want to go to the dance with me? And she's like, yeah. And Kevin's listening to it. He's like, huh? And obviously the narrator's going, I've got it in writing. Surely that counts for something. There's a legally binding contract here. Come on. And so he's like to Lisa Bellini, like, what the hell? Like, you, you said you'd go with me to the dance. But she was like, yeah, but I want to go with Brad. And she's like, and then she says all the thing that guys just don't want to hear. I like you, Kevin, but I like you as a friend. I love how they're like, oh, and he's like, wait for it. There's like a pause. And he's just like, and there you have it. The words that no kid wants to hear. And then he goes, <laughs> boom, I like you as a friend. <laughs> just completely crashes. And then so he's like um, to Paul, you know what? I'm not going to go to this dance. Sod it. I'm just going to stay at home. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. You have to go. You have to go. It's, 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 it's important. You have to go to the dance. And he's just like, otherwise, you know, my parents won't let me go. And so he says, all right, fine, we'll go to the dance. And he's asking Winnie, because he's always like, oh, hey, Winnie, do you want to go to the dance with me? Because I ain't got a date. And she's like, uh, actually, Kevin, I I do have a date, Kirk McRae. And obviously, I think they were going steady or something. And then he's basically, Kevin's not happy about it. And then he goes to the dance, just picks up a random girl, and he's trying to make Winnie jealous. And then Winnie's just out dancing with Kirk. And then Kevin just storms out and he's just like, right, you know what? Whatever, like I can't I can't deal with this right now. So yeah, he's he's leaving and um he Winnie comes out and they just start talking and they're like, look, things probably aren't gonna be the same between us. Things are probably about to change. And they go back inside and they both have a dance together. Because I think she kind of felt sorry for him. Not because she likes him in that way. And uh, the other notable episode from season one, as I mentioned, was my father's office. So this was when Kevin goes to see his dad's place of work. And it's not really... It's it's basically like your typical office job. I think it's uh, Norcom, which is like a defense contractor. And he sees that the job is like a dead-end job. He sees that people are shouting at his dad. And he's like... Daddy, you're going to let them talk to you like that? And he's like, well, yeah, I am. Otherwise, I'm going to get fired. So Kevin kind of sees how hard his dad works. And he's thinking, you know what? Maybe I should make things easy for him when he um, when he comes back from work and not add to his stresses. I probably should have gone through the characters now that I've got them in front of me. So, yeah, obviously, there's Kevin. There's Jack, his dad, who is a Korean war vet and a gruff, laconic man. You got Norma, his wife, who's like a friendly, upbeat, optimistic woman. She she met Jack when she was a freshman at college, freshman being the first year. And she actually moved across country and did not finish college because she kind of gave Jack a chance. And then later on, as we find out, she gets a job and she gets a degree and she works for a software startup called Microelectronics. Karen is the rebellious hippie sister. And her free-spirited lifestyle clashes with her overbearing father's conservatism. And Wayne, who's like the brother who always calls Kevin butthead, 
And yeah, he takes over the family furniture business because that's what happens. I think Jack quits his job and he starts his own furniture business. And Paul, who's like his best friend, he's a bright and excellent student and he's allergic to just about everything. And he's Jewish, so there was a really good episode where he celebrates his bar mitzvah. That was a, a cracking episode. I really like Paul. And other episodes that I watched. So episode two of season two, Our Mrs. White. So I think this, this episode was also nominated. So there's a teacher, English teacher, Miss White. And Kevin develops a student-teacher crush. And she persuades Kevin to play the lead role in a, a play about basically the American Civil Rights Movement. And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm not really into plays. And she's like, oh, please, Kevin, I think you did really, really good. They're watching the uh, I Have a Dream speech. And she's just basically in the corner welling up like, this is so beautiful. And this is what America should be like. And. And obviously he's going to Kevin. So Kevin, what do you think about the speech? And so Kevin is like, oh, well, I believe that the I Have a Dream speech is about how America can be as a country. And so he's given all these amazing right answers. And so he's like, I um, I don't And then she says, oh, maybe you should be Robert F. Kennedy in the play. And... He's like, I don't know. I hate plays. I hate plays. She's like, oh, please, Kevin, do it for me. And he's like, the, the voice of her going, how can I resist? The way she looks at me, the way she tilts her head back like this and tilting it to one side. And so his dad has to pick her up. Uh, he has to pick Kevin up, sorry. He has to pick Kevin up every day like after school with, with play practice. So he's like to um, Mrs. White and Jack, they're basically talking. And she seems really interested in what everything that Jack has to say because Jack's talking about Korea. And he's just like, yeah, I lost a lot of my friends out in Korea. It was a really stressful, intense time and and what have you. And uh, she's just basically listening. And Kevin, and Kevin basically is like, hey, Jack, can we go home? And so his dad's glaring at him and he's like, you what? And he's like, uh, sir, dad, can we go home? Like, he realized like, yeah, I done messed up. Like, you're just calling him by Jack. And then he starts telling all these embarrassing stories about Kevin. And then he's like, dad, can we just please go home and stop embarrassing me? And then fast forward to them doing the play. And Kevin knocks it out of the park. I like that they were self-aware enough to have a black guy be Martin Luther King. And uh, Paul plays the role of the uh, notorious racist J. Edgar Hoover, where he's like, yeah, I don't really want to give the Negroes a chance and, 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 and what have you and all this stuff. And yeah, the play was, was really good. And so I went all the way to season four and Heartbreak. Now, this is when they're all in high school and uh, they uh, basically, like I said, they go to... Um, different junior high schools and uh so yeah kevin's going to kevin's school is called the robert f kennedy junior high and winnie's school was the lincoln junior high and kevin's starting to wonder like he's he's seeing that winnie's not really excited about hanging out together because the two schools are going on a trip together sometimes that's what we used to do in school 
where you'd be going to a trip with another school and what have you. And Winnie's kind of like, meh, meh, meh. And uh, as this is all happening, there's a girl in Kevin's class called Madeline. And she's like this blonde, good-looking girl that Kevin can't take her eyes off. She's like the, the temptress of the piece. But Kevin's like, you know what? I ain't doing, I ain't dealing with this girl. Like, I've already got a girl. I'm good. But um, yeah, she's kind of like milling in the background. And so Kevin's like, you know what? Hey, 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 come sneak on our bus so we can hang out together. And Winnie's like, oh, I don't really know if I should. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, come on, do it, do it, do it. And she's like, unenthusiastically like, okay, fine. And then she's sitting on the bus and it started to get like ten- tensions are beginning to rise because she doesn't want to be on that bus. And Winnie keeps her like waving at her friends while she's with Kevin. And Kevin's like, yo, like, why do you keep waving at your friends? Why, why aren't you waving at me? Like, whoa, 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 what's up? And then, yeah, like, basically, they are having a, a big old argument. And Winnie's like, you know what? Why don't you just go with your friends? And you leave me. And then Kevin's just like, okay, then I will. And then, obviously, the narrator voice going, that's probably the last thing I should have said. And so he's off with his friends. He can't find them. He basically gets lost in this museum. And of all people he bumps into, he bumps into this Madeline girl. And so she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I think I'm kind of lost. And then the narrator voice is like, all of a sudden, it's just dawned on me. Like, why am I turning this girl down? Like, she likes me. Like, what, what, what's wrong with me? And then Winnie walks in on them two and she's thinking oh snap what the hell's going on here like and she runs off and kevin's like yo 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 nothing's happened nothing's happened and she's like okay but she's like you should know that i've met someone and i'm trying to find his name i can't find his name but yeah winnie basically meets another guy at at her new school and She's like, yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin. Like, yeah, it's it's over between us. Like, this is it. And he has this, like, necklace that he gave Winnie when they were kids. And he finds it on the bus where they were sitting. So he just picks it up in his hand. And he's starting to, like, realize, like, yeah, this is, you know, things have changed between us now forever. And I have to contemplate life without my girl next door and then he sees that madeline walking past and she's just like looking at him and he's looking at her and they're just like yeah he's probably thinking i messed it up with this girl but uh there you go and then i went i watched episode 18 separate rooms now this was a really lovely episode so karen returns home from college for a mid-semester break and she's like to the parents because obviously he's like, dad, I need something. And then obviously the dad's just thinking, oh, my God, how much do you need? And she's like, uh, nothing. And he's like, huh? And she's like, I got a job. And you can see him like smiling, like, you got a job? And she's like, yeah, I've got a job on campus at my uh, college. So she goes, I'm actually not going to be coming back for the summer. Like, I'm actually going to move up there. And he's like, What? Like, you can't just move up. Like, you're not going to come back. 
And she's thinking, yeah, so I'm not coming back. And then Kevin and Aunt Kevin and Wayne, like their light bulb goes off the head. There's a room free. And so they're like thinking, yes, 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 yes. We're going to have our own room. And for that kind of split moment, they're like getting on, Kevin and Wayne. They're like getting on with each other. They're all talking. They're like thinking, oh, my God, we're going to have our own rooms. It's going to be amazing. And by the time it comes to like choosing. So uh, Kevin and Wayne were like, yep, it's been nice knowing you. So long, so long. (laughs) And then Wayne is like to Kevin, so leave then. And then Kevin's like, no, this is my room, so you should leave. And Wayne is like, "Uh, no, you should leave. This is my room. And so they're back to square one again. And they're just basically squabbling. They're like, no, butthead, this is my room. They're like, no, this is my room. And they're basically squabbling with one another. And then Jack is like, you know what? I'm going to turn that room into a library. None of y'all get in this room. And then Wayne is just, he he decides to go sleep in his car because he's like, I can't spend another moment of being in this room with you. Like, I hate you so much. And Kevin was like, you hate me? And so he kicks like something from his car, which makes it go backwards. And so Wayne is stuck in his car, like just hurtling backwards. And he's like, stop this car, stop this car, stop this car. And then he just basically crashes into a, not a fire hydrant, but actually, yeah, maybe a fire hydrant and a bunch of trash cans. And so they're just covered in like water because it just comes apart. And so... They were like, you know what? I should take the room. And then Wayne's like, no, I'll take the room. You stay. It's your (laughs) room. So they're basically back to this square one of squabbling again. And then they they, they toss a coin. And Wayne has to move to Karen's old room. And Kevin gets to keep the room. And it was this really nice moment at the end. Because obviously they just realized that we've shared like rooms for all our lives. And we're going to be alone kind of thing and so it kind of dawns on them and then you could hear like Wayne he's like knocking on the wall and Kevin could hear and so they're going like and so one person's going and then the other person's going and that was just like one of those really like sweet like really lovely touching moments that I loved about this show so much where they were just like, it would get at your heartstrings, man. It's just like, yeah, two bros who have like been roomies forever and they're like separating and they're dealing with that separation and they're having like this separation anxiety. So they end up getting to this big old fight because nobody really wants the big change of like having to leave rooms and, and, and all of that. So that was a, a really, a really touching, a really touching episode. And then episode 20, I watched a lot of season four for some weird reason. I think that was, that had some really good episodes. So episode 20 was the accident. And Kevin's just, you know, it's like a normal weekend. And Winnie just shows up out of the blue. Just out of the blue. And Kevin's like, Winnie? Like, what are you doing here? She's just like, yeah, I just want to talk. And he's like, yeah, 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 let's talk, let's talk. And so they're, but she's being really evasive. And hmm, 
And then he kind of realizes that Winnie breaks up with her boyfriend, Roger. I mean, that might have been the bloke from uh, the museum. And they're all going to this ice rink place. And they he sees that Winnie's starting to hang out with these older guys. And obviously, they're like in the 11th grade or something. And, you know, they're, they're clearly wrong-uns. And he basically sees Kevin just looking at her old house. And Kevin's like, oh, like, Winnie, do you want to talk about it? Like, you seem there's something that's not right with you. She's like, I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. Like, go away. And he sees that Winnie's still upset at this ice rink. And he's seeing that Winnie is becoming really like reckless and hanging out with these reckless people he even goes to winnie's house and winnie's mom is like oh kevin it's really really nice to see you you should come visit more often and basically her 11th grade buddies come again and he just she just basically ditches kevin and she just goes off with uh, her 11th grade buddies and in the ice rink when he's trying to like get her to talk and he's like winnie i know you there's something not right with you. What is wrong? She's just like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. And she's just like, you know what? I want to forget the last three years. And he's like, but those are like the best three years of my life. Why would I want to forget it? And then she's just like, yeah, just leave me alone. And then the next day at school, Kevin learned that Winnie was in a car crash. And so he just literally runs home. He's like waiting for Winnie until it gets dark. And he sees that her parents are bringing her back. And he's like, look, I want to see her. Can I talk to her? And the parents were like, yeah, Winnie doesn't want to talk to you at all. So he's like, you know what? You just need to, you need to go. And you see Kevin drive, like going off on his bike. But as obviously, as he says in the narration, I didn't go. So he basically goes up to Winnie's room and this was like one of the loveliest moments ever. So he goes up to her room and he sees Winnie and Winnie sees him and he mouths, I love you. And then Winnie mouths, I love you. And so that's how that episode kind of ended. And I remember when I first saw this episode and I'm thinking like, if these two don't end up together, then nobody's going to end up together. Like, at that point, when I was watching it back then, I was invested. This is the greatest ever love story, as I said in the beginning. This is the greatest ever love story. Like, if these two don't wind up together, like, damn. Like, he's just waiting there, and they're both mouth, I love you, and then they're playing We Got Tonight by... Um... I'm going to quickly check. We Got Tonight by... Bob Seger, so the Bob Seger version of We Got Tonight was played in the background and this was just like, yeah, if these two don't end up together then nobody's going to end up together. And yeah, we finally come on to the finale. So uh, did you watch both episodes of the finale? No, I only watched the last one. You only watched the last one, so yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll talk about Summer. So that was the first part of the finale. So they're basically sitting in a car and Kevin's like, why do you have to do this summer job? It's daft. But Winnie's like, look, let's not argue. It's our last day together. Like, we're not going to, we're still together and we're still going to be together. Don't worry about it. And Chuck and Jeff 
like his two friends are going cross country in a car and he's just, and they're like to Kevin, do you want to come with us? And Kevin is like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then he, Paul is like, yeah, forget it. Your parents are not going to let you. And yeah, and yeah. And Jack was like, yeah, not in a million years. Am I going to let you do that? And because Chuck and Jeff didn't ask their parents permission, they just drove off in the car. And Kevin is working. So this is fast forward. So this is when Jack is not working at Norcom anymore. He owns his own furniture factory. So he has his own factory. He has his own staff. He basically set up his own business on his own because he was just sick of his job at Norcom. So he has this new business that his wife encouraged him to do. His wife as well is working because he's thinking, you know what? I've raised these kids. They're old enough. So now this is my chance to kind of do what I want to do. So she's working for a computer software company. And yeah, so they're basically going out and they're getting it. They're getting their career. And Jack is just basically standing over Kevin. You missed a spot. You missed a spot. You're not concentrating. And so he's basically trying to like sand down a bit of stairs that's going down on the staircase and then he makes a mistake and then Jack's like you're concentrating mm-hmm. just doing that whole classic parent thing and so he's just like you know what I'm sick of this job I'm sick of it and Jack's like it's because you're ashamed isn't it and Kevin's like yeah this might be enough for you and Wayne but it's not for me like I'm I quit like I'm out of here so he just packs a bag and he's like, you know what? I'm, I've got 130 bucks of my life savings. I packed a bit of clothes and he just drives off and he drives off to the resort where Winnie's at. And Winnie's being really standoffish as she always is with Kevin. She's like, yeah, I'm a lifeguard and I'm really, really busy. And he basically sees her flirting with this other guy. And then he's just like, oh my God, like I'm going to lose her to this guy. And so he gets a job as a waiter just so that he could be closer to Winnie. And then he's staying with all the other waiters and busboys. And he basically, he's disappointed because Winnie doesn't want to spend time with him. And so he's basically thinking, you know what, I'm going to play a bit of poker. Because he's thinking to the other busboys, oh, what can we do for fun? And so they're like, oh, the house band, they sometimes like to play poker. But they're like, you know what, be careful those guys are, they're carnies. They're going to, yeah, they're going to yeah hustle you out of your money. And so he goes off and he's like, you know what? Sorry, I'm going to play with these guys. And so initially he wins. So he wins all their money and they're like going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he wants to tell Winnie and he's obviously the narrator voice going, ha, serves you right. I can survive, dad. I can survive, world. And then he, he's trying to tell Winnie then he sees Winnie kissing this bloke and that's how the first part ends and um, then we go to the second part so go to the second part where so I think this must be the morning after right so dad you see his dad come in and he tries to give him supplies and he has like a big row of him and said I don't need your stuff I can, I'm perfectly good on my own then he Go. He sees Winnie, bumps into Winnie, and Winnie and Kevin have a, basically have a row about this geezer she's seeing. Um, she tells him to leave, and then she gets annoyed that he's spying on her, so she pushes him in the pool. 
um, then if he, he goes back to these these fellas playing poker and he basically wants to get the lifeguards fired. <laughs> I love um, I love that narration so much. He goes, right, I'm going to win enough money to buy this resort and fire all the lifeguards. <laughs> but you know what I didn't like was Winnie gaslighting Kevin. Like, where she's like to him, oh, are you spying on me? Excuse me, we're going out and you're kissing another man and you're going to have a go at me? Yeah, he took it as well. Took it on the chin. Yeah, he just <laughs> went boom right in the water. Um, wow. So they so it basically yeah, he's trying to come up with this plan. He's playing poker and he and he and he's got like three queens, um, and which is obviously quite a high hand to have in poker. And he's going all he's like he's going all in, right? He's even put his car keys in the thing, and. They've obviously set him up because, like, one of them's got like kings and like aces or whatever. Anyway, so everyone else has got better. One of them guys had a flush. One guy had a full house, which is like unheard of. So they messed, they messed yeah, with they him. Yeah, they did him up a kipper. They did. Yeah. So then he decides to leave, but he's got no money. He's got no car, so he decides to thumb it. Right? He's trying to hitchhike, and he gets in the car. But oh, you've Winnie's missed a bit where he confronts Winnie's new man, and they oh yeah, the, he lays him out, doesn't he? Yeah, he lays him out. And because yeah, of that, yeah, Winnie yeah. Winnie gets fired because of that. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I missed a bit. Yeah. So he lays this guy out, which I thought was great. Like, if you're gonna go out, yeah, you know, get one in. Um, yeah. So he's like, he's in this car. He gets this car stops and says, "Oh, you know, where do you want to go?" He says, "Oh, just take me into town. I get a bus, whatever." And in that car is also Winnie because she's going as well. Um. So they start having a Barney in the back and saying, "Oh, you get out. No, you get out. You get out." And then. They end up both getting thrown out and they throw each other's luggage in the road and they both get run over. And then obviously there's a storm. Um, they end up taking shelter in like this kind of barn, you know, classic barn situation. They have a heart to heart. The, you know, they're, they're just having a little like moment. Um, then it goes to like kind of cuts to like Independence Day or did I miss something out? July, yeah, 4th of July. So they're yeah. basically they were in the barn and then they make it back to the town just in time for independence day and just in time to see all the family yeah so maybe you should talk about this because this is where like everything was you know had the kind of voiceover and yeah like i mean music and and, and, the final two voiceovers and i'll read that out in a little in a bit but what i will say is um yeah so as uh, the episode came to an end we find out about all the characters so we find out that Kevin's mum, Norma, she becomes a part of like a chairwoman on the board of like a really big company. So she becomes a really, really successful businesswoman and grandma. Karen, she has a, a baby boy and she moves to Alaska with her husband, who was played by a young David Schwimmer. No way. Yeah, he's a young David swimmer. And so they moved to Alaska because he gets a really good job on one of the oil rigs there. So, and that's what happens. We find out that Paul goes to Harvard to study law and he becomes a really successful lawyer. Winnie goes to Paris that next summer to study art history. Wayne, he takes over the furniture business after Jack passes away two years later and what else yeah kevin he goes and he becomes a writer and yeah as we find out kevin and winnie don't end up being together he goes to pick up winnie from the airport when she comes back from art history and he has a wife and he has kids so he's married and he's 
got wife and kids. And uh, yeah, the, the last two voiceovers, I actually wrote them down. So the first one was basically when he says, once upon a time, there was a girl I knew who lived across the street, brown hair, brown eyes. When she smiled, I smiled. When she cried, I cried. Every single thing that ever happened to me that mattered in some way had to do with her. That day, Winnie and I promised each other that no matter what, we would always be together. It was a promise full of passion, truth and wisdom. It was the kind of promise that can only come from the hearts of the very young. So obviously, Kevin and Winnie don't end up being together, but they promised that they were always going to be mates and they were always going to have each other's backs. And I think that that was the right thing to do. The older I get, the more I realise that, yeah, things... Things ain't going to be the way they are all the time. And sometimes a certain kind of change is always necessary. And the very final voiceover goes along the lines of growing up happens in a heartbeat. One day you're in diapers, the next day you're gone. But the memories of childhood stay with you for the long haul. I remember a place, a town, a house like a lot of other houses, a yard like a lot of other yards. On a street, like a lot of other streets. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Just, I love that, those last two, like, narrations so much. And it, it even, like, with me, like, I can, like, that's what the whole show was. It's just looking back at your childhood and thinking about a time when life was easy when you could just go out and just play until it gets dark and then you come back in and you go to sleep and then you do it all over again in the morning. And like you, it's one of those where it takes you back and it brings back some amazing, amazing memories. And then obviously the final, final, final bit was you can hear Kevin's son going, dad, come and play catch. And then he's going, I'll be right there. And that is how the wonder years ends and i was actually watching it like now before we started recording and i was getting all emotional watching it and because obviously you're seeing that how it came to an end and how they managed to bring the the story to an end and obviously the sad bit where we find out that jack he 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 sadly passes away two years later after that uh summer of 1973 so yeah that's the last he was like, that's the last summer I spent in that town. So he obviously moves and he lives elsewhere because he goes to college. And yeah, the fact that he writes to Winnie every week while she was in Paris studying art history and obviously still being friends with Paul and Wayne taking over the furniture business and Karen living in Alaska and his he's, he's, he's mom becoming this all-power businesswoman and grandma. And yeah, it was... Um, it was a lovely way and it was a good way to bring the story to an end. Yeah, I think like there's a lot to to say about it. I've definitely missed out on something because I just wasn't invested. I couldn't invest because I hadn't seen it. So I felt like I wrote in my notes that I felt like an imposter watching it because there was so much there and I was like it was just kind of in you know, in the mix, like I don't really care what was going on, you know. Um so Yeah. But no, honestly, it was one of those programs that yeah will live long for me it's like if i had to form a top five tv shows of all time like the wonder years will be in that top five 
like really high up on on the list for me and i would go i would recommend you go out of your way to watch this show like i would honestly do it and i think your wife is a big fan of this show because i remember she used to watch it a lot when yep. used to come on tv so uh yeah she wasn't impressed when i said do you watch uh wonder years and she's like yeah i was like it's rubbish isn't it <laughs> Not go down well. Wow! Wow! <laughs> but no, I think that would, uh, yeah, that that would be a, a good place to bring it to an end. Um, a couple of comments, actually. Uh, some people uh, messaging on our YouTube channel. So uh, Baz Banter ninety three saying, "Oh, great podcast, guys! These were my exact three favorite childhood shows." So he's talking about Fireman Sam, Joshua Jones, and Postman Pat. And I loved Joshua Jones. Really wished it had been more popular. Nice one for mentioning it. Yes! Nice. Someone liked Joshua Jones. <laughs> I am I am pleased with that. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Baz Banter 93 Great name as well. And uh, there was another one, I think, Tim who liked the episode on, if I could find it somewhere. Um, yeah, so the Kim Possible, Atomic Betty and Sailor Moon episode. So yeah, Tim says, nice content. Keep up the great content. Thank you very much, Tim. And we will. Much appreciated. And do you remember like when we were talking about As Told by Ginger and there was a As Told by Ginger podcast? Yep, yep, and yep. we gave it a, a little mention on the show. Well, uh, those guys gave us a mention, so <laughs> no way that was amazing. I just remember like waking up, my mentions blowing up, and I'm like, What the, the what did the... I do? What have I done? I know, yeah, what did I say? I'm thinking, Fireman <laughs> Sam, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, damn, like y'all, y'all, y'all picked up on that, the Fireman <laughs> Sam stuff, and but no, but they, they were saying like, you know hey, we got a mention by these guys and they were basically telling their listeners because they have their podcast, We're In Between, which is available on YouTube. Go check it out if you're a fan of As Told by Ginger because we we loved As Told by Ginger when we when we spoke about it and uh, Patricia Miranda. So uh, we're probably going to get together and have a chat with Patricia about As Told by Ginger. So uh, that's something to uh, look forward to and uh, definitely watch that space. And... Uh, like I said, if you did like As Told by Ginger, and it made me realize like this show was a lot bigger and a lot better than we kind of initially thought. Because I remember like just having a look at it and looking at articles about this show, and I didn't think that it was it was that deep, but really and truly, it it definitely was, and it was a lot like critically acclaimed more than we more than we thought, and. I didn't think for a million years we would get a shout out from uh, Patricia on uh, on the socials. It was just one of those where we saw that this podcast existed, and I just thought, you know, we have to we have to like shout it out. We have to tell the people that like, there's a podcast out there. If you if you like us told by Ginger, there is a us told by Ginger podcast. Because obviously we only skimmed the surface really when we spoke about it. And we didn't yeah. really delve into it as much as those guys do. So uh, if you're a fan of that show, go out of your way and listen to that pod. And like I said, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, get together with Patricia and we'll uh, we'll chop it up and we'll talk about As Told by Ginger some more because I love that show, you love that show, and uh, if it means running it back and talking about As Told by Ginger again, then uh, 
so be it. And uh, shout out to Patricia. We'll, we'll chat soon. We'll definitely uh, chop it up and uh, talk all about this show. And uh, yeah, this this episode was amazing. I loved this episode, actually. One of my faves. Yeah, me too. Because obviously I didn't hear of Home Improvement and Full House and I really like those shows. And The Wonder Years is just, yeah, this is like, this is TV gold for me, The Wonder Years. And uh, Fred Savage, if you ever want to talk with us as well, like, I think you're amazing. And Danica McKellar as well, who plays Winnie. And even Josh Saviano. Yay, man! You can you can tell us all about law and how you got into law and all of that good stuff. And uh, yeah, and on that note, we'll uh, we'll bring it to an end. Yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So keep sending us comments. We love that you sent the comments, whether it's on YouTube or other podcast platforms that you so choose. So yeah, please give us a listen. Please give us comments. It, it it really 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 warms our souls when you write nice things and it kind of makes us determined to bring give you content especially now when we're all inside and we all have to be self-isolating and social distancing and all that so uh, if producer paul and i can help with that and we in a position to talk to you guys then yeah we we always want to do that so um yeah and uh you can find us on the socials on instagram at yesterday's capers one yesterday capers on twitter you can follow me on instagram at abdullah underscore molim and you can follow me on twitter at abdullah molim all one word give me a holler shout me out i will shout you guys back on the pod and on the socials and uh yeah join us next week for another episode of yesterday's capers